0: You you want to see something really scary?
1: What's the boogeyman?
0: As a matter of fact, it was.
1: I am Jim. And I am here
0: to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave
1: Plot Podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 180 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. You may have noticed a little chuckle there because uh, we just recorded for... Uh, what five to ten minutes it at least wasn't that long <laughs> yeah i'm glad that i caught it early on but yeah uh just wasn't like i had my mic i i'm paranoid to, to an extent to where it's like you know i don't like my computer mic always being on and i don't like the camera always being on and i have kill switches for both mm. so I, when i'm not using them i turn them off but when i go to record Either you know doing this or doing a stream or something, I I forget to turn the mic back on, so that's what happened. But anyway, uh, hey guys, yeah, this is one episode one eighty of the Great Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. Did we just do that already? I think so. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we won't uh, rehash. Uh, but I'm back, guys. Um, uh, as Taylor said in the last episode, uh, I was off having a baby. Not um, you didn't have it. Not per- I. I didn't squeeze him out personally, but I was there. I experienced it. <laughs> Childbirth's a weird thing, man. Like maybe you've seen videos in health class or something. No,
0: no, Oh, okay. Don't nobody want to see that.
1: Like I didn't have a front row seat because uh, you know, at, like like in movies, you've seen movies where they're giving birth, <laughs> you've got the legs up, and there's usually like a you know um, a gown or um, you know like like a tarp's not the right word. <laughs> like one of those paper blanket things. Yeah, um, and I don't think she actually had one of those, but her her gown was up like over her knees, so I couldn't see anything. But I'm standing there, you know, holding her hand, holding holding her leg up, and uh, all of a sudden, I see this white lump appear out of nowhere. Like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> like she wasn't supposed to give birth right then. Like nobody was expecting that. that oh, much. really? Yeah, because. She, was, uh, she went in completely undilated because it was three weeks early. So they had to, uh, you know, induce her medically. Um, and uh, after several, you know, different methods of, of getting her dilated, she was at a point where it's like the nurse, or I can't remember if it was a nurse or the doctor saying, hey, we're going to start doing practice pushes because I think that's going to get you the rest of the way dilated so we can actually do this. So we were doing that for like an hour and um, all of a sudden she's like the nurse who's like kind of facilitating this, the nurse, keep this in mind, the nurse was facilitating this. She's like, okay. So I that was a really good push. I could see his head. I could see <laughs> the top of his head. Like, oh shit. I thought we were practicing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, she kept like, she was having her do like, you know, three pushes every contraction. But And she's like, if you've got one more in you, go for it. Um so she was like she was done. She wanted to be th- this to be over as soon as possible. So she's always giving it that extra push, uh if she had the energy to do so. Um and yeah, so the nurse was like, Oh, I see the head. And she's like, Okay, well let's let's keep pushing, let's keep going. And then she's like, Um, you know, doctor whatever face. It's like uh, beard face. <laughs> she's like, hey, um, I think maybe we should uh have you have you in the in this room now um then i have this baby <laughs> like 5 minutes go by and she's like okay uh, i can't remember the doctor's name it wasn't my wife's doctor it was the on call doctor uh she's like doctor you know whatever i think can you please you know can you please come in as soon as possible and probably a minute later yeah i saw him slide out and it's like what <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, yeah, and so then the nurse delivered uh, the baby. The doctor moseyed in about 10 minutes later. He was like, You did it. Congratulations. Well, neither of us liked her. She was. The doctor? Yeah, she was kind of bitchy. <laughs> well, she was like, She didn't have a lot of bedside manner. And it's like, you know, when. As far as I know, they don't do episiotomies anymore. In, in general, I think maybe some doctors in some hospitals do. But I think in general, the, the practice is not to do episiotomies anymore, just to let them tear naturally, because it's easier. It heals faster. That's my understanding. Well, they so, only did
0: them to appease people.
1: Aha! <laughs> and they give a little husband's ditch. <laughs> Um.
0: ditch. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, so she comes in after the baby's been... Already delivered uh, by the nurse um, And then she comes in And immediately starts stitching her up Does not give her any kind of pain medication A numbing <sighs> medication And my wife Is just like uh, Can I have something Or she, or she like uh, kept tensing up Like you know she's got She's up in stirrups and she kept tensing up her legs And the doctor's like you gotta stop tensing up We're trying to, trying to work down here I was like you have given her Nothing for this pain. Yeah. You are stabbing her with a needle repeatedly. In the vagina. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah, she was just, yeah, n- neither of us liked Like if somebody just started poking my dick with a needle, I was like, hey, quit reacting. I'd be like, quit poking <laughs> my dick with a needle. <laughs> Seriously.
1: Anyway, um, so yeah. And how is the little meatball? Um, He's Okay. Uh, that wasn't an r- Italian thing. <laughs> I've been calling him a potato, and she doesn't. She doesn't care for that. Um, but yeah, he was he was underweight because he was three weeks early, um, and I I went over this when we weren't recording.
0: So I'll yeah, try. I had a really funny Homer Simpson joke, and you guys missed it. <laughs>
1: So I'll try to sum it up as quickly as possible. Basically, he was underweight because he was three weeks early, uh, and then he had a condition which gave
0: him a lot of jaundice, um, and his liver wasn't processing correctly. So it- I remember when you first told me about that, and you told me he had to be in like this light box thing. And I'm just thinking of like this little incubation chamber. Well, but then you show me a picture, and it's just a, like a bassinet with little lights on it. I'm like, that looks awesome. <laughs> I want that. Like, yeah, basically, it was like a, it was a table with with
1: um, it, it, they're not UV lights or some kind of other form of light um uh and it has like this built-in onesie attached to it that you just zip him into i want that <laughs> do they make those for adults i mean maybe if not i'm gonna
0: make a million dollars or... <laughs> <laughs>
1: um but i yeah, had to be in that for a week like he was in it for a week like we could take him out for like half an hour at a time to feed him, and uh, you, know, you know, cuddle him or, or whatever for half an hour every like, you know, five hours or something like that. But then he had to go back in and he had to stay there. So that kind of sucked. Um, but anyway, so it was causing him not to have much of an appetite and he was losing a lot of weight um, and he was already underweight. So now we're on this aggressive feeding schedule where we have to feed him a, you know, more than he can really handle, I think. Like he, sp- he spits up a lot because we're just constantly engorging him. <laughs> um, and we're feeding him every two hours, which is not common practice because a lot of most new, well, as far as I understand it, the common thing is every three to four hours for feeding. Um, but we're doing every two hours. Um. And, yeah, we, the doctor said, okay, well, let's do that for a week. Uh, let's just strictly formula, no breastfeeding. Uh, let's do that, that feeding schedule for a week. And we'll see where we are. Come back the week later, he has doubled her expectation in weight gain. Um, and she's like, this is great. So let's go ahead and do this for another month. <laughs> and, like, both of us were, like, just counting the days for this one week to be over. <laughs> and she said, we got to do it for another month. And so, you started crying and crying. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> like I wanted to scream. <laughs> no! <laughs> like, part of me was just like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, no, being a parent is, uh, it's not easy work. Um, I, I can't remember if I was saying it when we started this or if it was the last time. But, you know, you know, that, knowing me for so long, you know that I not necessarily have short temper, just have very little patience. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like it when people move slow. I don't like it when people can't figure out a fucking ATM or, you know, a self-checkout stand or something. It drives me absolutely fucking insane. So when I'm dealing with this little thing who has no reasoning skills, has no sense of urgency, um... And just takes his fucking time with everything. <laughs> it, it makes me insane. And like I can't keep hearing or I've kept hearing over the years that it's like, well, when you get when you become a parent, you, you develop this this sense of patience. You, you start to become more understanding. You become more patient, uh, more tolerant. And it's like I was talking to my dad the other day and it's like I'm waiting for that to kick in. And he's like, who sold you that bullshit? <laughs> Great. So basically, I'm never going to become more patient. I just have to wait for him to become more accommodating. <laughs> to become more competent is that what you said. Uh, accommodating. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, he's a baby. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So that's that's the scoop. Um, not getting much sleep. Like I was driving up here. I'm like, God, I want a nap. God, I want a nap. God, I want a nap. God, want a nap. And. It, I was supposed to get... I wanted to get here at like 1, maybe 2 at the latest. I got here at what, 4? Uh, yeah, if not after 4. <laughs> yeah, because I was ready to go at, I don't know, one thirty ish 2 maybe. And then y-
0: you weren't expecting me to come up today.
1: Uh, Just, you know, our typical poor planning.
0: We had been recording on Sundays, so I kind of just assumed we yeah. were doing Sunday. And then you were like, all right, I'm on my way. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, you told me to
1: wait up for half an hour. And that half an hour, because I stayed at the house, turned into me having to do baby stuff for another hour. (laughs) So now you know, just leave. Even if you had nowhere to go, just go sit at a Starbucks or something. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm here now, and we're recording. Uh, Anything
0: new with you, Taylor? I mean, we're in the brand new Grave Plot Studios North. Yeah, we are. Uh, My brand new apartment. We have a little den, which is serving as our podcast studio. Uh, If you are one of our Patreon patrons, you could be joining us live right now and be seeing uh, the closet. Yeah. And half of our faces, the half that's not covered by microphones. Yeah, it's cool stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, once we get uh, the, the Grave Plot South location ready to go um we're probably going to be looking at a nice uh rainbow
0: <laughs> oh yeah you've seen that room have you uh I, I last time i thought it was just gray there's a different room the other one oh no i don't know that i've ever seen that.
1: <laughs> oh really okay yeah uh, i mean so when we moved in it we the lady that lived there before us was was a single mother uh and her two young daughters uh one bedroom was white, but you, it was painted so poorly, you could tell it was just like bright pink. <laughs> <clears throat> and I painted that, that, that's the baby nursery now. I painted that all kind of like a light gray, so it looks nice now. But the other room has the the, the big wall, the long wall in the room is painted like this navy blue, and it's shitty paint, like really shitty paint. Navy blue with this uh, fucking rainbow painted on it and there's like like unicorn decals and a unicorn painted on the wall you could tell the child did this this was not done oh by not only was this not done by a professional it was not done by an adult <laughs> so like even if i were to paint over it you'd see the lines between between the the paint in the uh rainbow so i have to strip the paint off the wall. oh jeez. anyway but yeah, that, as soon as that is cleaned out, because that was our junk room for a long time, um, that's going to be where we record at my house. Um, but I'm probably not going to be painting anytime soon, so you get a nice Enjoy the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. <laughs> um, Anyway, um, Taylor mentioned we've got uh, our gravediggers over on Patreon. Um, these lovely people help finance this little shindig that we do every... Two weeks, although it's been, what, a
0: month? It has been a month. Wow. It's been a month and a half since you've been on.
1: Yeah. Like, I was setting all this stuff up. I'm like, do I even remember how to do this? Um, apparently, I don't because I didn't record. Too much <laughs> to um, but, uh, yeah, these people help finance the show. Um, we don't have an expensive show here, but it does cost money. We have to pay for our website and, and you know, where we host our audio files and whatnot. Um, and also, it does help support the Grave Flop Film Fest when, when we do that every year.
0: Yeah, dude, just the other day, I was like, fuck, it's the middle of June already. It's almost time to start submissions again. Yeah, we start
1: gearing up in August. So, um, But uh, yeah, these lovely people um, help keep the lights on, so to speak. Uh, they are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, everyone, from the bottom of our cold, dead hearts. Um, it means the world to us. Uh, Taylor, if anybody else wants to uh,
0: jump on the bandwagon, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Grave Plot Podcast. For as little as $1, you can do things such as join us for Horror Business live with video. You can Join see, us you for can a Pong. see our, our smiling faces. Uh, and then there's other perks for... This is me smiling. Microphone's kind of in the way, but um, <laughs> there are, are more, 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 and better. I almost said more, better uh, perks. More no better. <laughs> <butter>. <laughs> the more you give, uh, if someone donates a hundred dollars just once, I will get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. Yes, sir.
1: All right. Um, uh, just in, in in local news, just want to touch on this quickly. Um very exciting. Crypticon. Yeah. Set ex- to go.
0: I was gonna mention this too. Glad you brought it up. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, last weekend of August at the SeaTac Double Tree again. Yep. Uh your boys will be there. Hopefully, I mean we haven't. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on.
1: Cause I know so last year Jason, the guy that sets up all the panels, um, he I know he was working on programming all of them, like getting them all set up. And then he was going, once he was finished, he was going to start sending out, like, invites and, you know, people requesting spots on each panel and blah, 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 as he does every year. Um, but then COVID hit. Yeah. Um, and everything in March, the decision was made very quickly to just shut everything down. Crypticon was going to get canceled. Um, or it was, it was being postponed till, did it get postponed to August 1st or then it, then, or No,
0: it, some, it was was earlier first and then it got pushed again.
1: Right. And it got pushed to September. Um, you know, just in anticipation of things improving, but of course they never did. So it just got canceled altogether. got pushed out to its normal position or normal time. the first weekend of may 2021. Um, but of course that never came to pass because we were not in a good enough spot. Um, but then they pushed that again to August. Um, and you know, in anticipation of us being in phase four of our reopening plan here in Washington, um by what the first of June. Um and I don't think we're in phase four right now, but we are on course to be by the end of June. And so they just went ahead and said, All right, let's let's fucking do it. Um so I, I'm hearing it maybe sooner than the end of June. I've I've heard that. I I'll I'll when I see it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, Crypticon is on, guys, and we are so excited because that is our fun time.
0: Maybe we should should, should reach out to Jason and see if we... Yeah, probably. Just tell him that we're in for sure. Make make sure he knows. Yeah, I
1: guess where I was going with that is that he was programming everything and then I assumed he was going to start emailing people like he normally does. I'm wondering if he's going to be using those same
0: panels, right? And then just—I mean, there may be some shuffling because of like celebrity guests that can't make it or something, right?
1: Um, But we still got a pretty good roster of celebrities. I know Joe Bob's still coming, so that's. Very nice.
0: Great success. And you got to be vaccinated to go. Uh, Yeah, do you have to be fully vaccinated, or do you just have to wear a mask if you're not? No, you have to be, well, you have to be fully vaccinated unless there you, unless you can't get a vaccine. Like if you have a medical condition or if you are a child, uh, and then you have to provide a negative COVID test within 72 hours. That's right.
1: But we all have to wear masks. And everyone has,
0: you have to wear masks regardless. Yeah.
1: That sucks, but
0: whatever. Safety first.
1: As long as we get horror geek, uh, summer camp. Horror geek summer camp. Trademark. Bob Foster. Right, he's the one that said that, right? Uh, uh um, Mr. K, oh, Tony K, um, yeah, sorry, gr- Bob, you get nothing. <laughs> Bob had a kid too, so uh, yeah, but, you uh, guys are baby buddies, right? Yeah, about a month before mine was born, he, he had his own, and uh, we've he's been kind of showing me like the future, like a month <laughs> ahead of time, um, but. Anyway, yeah, cryptoconseattle.com. You can get your tickets there. You see, you see the uh, the guests, the guest lineup um, and panels as soon as they're ready to go.
0: I don't even re- remember who's supposed to be there. All I remember is Joe Bob and Billy, I, beautiful Billy, Billy Zane. Of course you remember Billy Zane. Also, like I don't want to put people on blast or anything, but whoever runs Crypticon Seattle's website, uh, fix your damn fave icon. <laughs> As a webmaster, that shit drives me crazy.
1: What is this fucking... <laughs> this rookie hour? fucking amateur hour? <laughs> That's another thing. Uh, being completely... Joe line, Bob, line uh, Elvira,
0: right, Elvira, Billy Zane, John Casier, John Casier, first ever guest on the Great Flop podcast. Right. Who uh, just did the Crypt Keeper voice without us even asking. Pretty much. Uh, Billy Zane's sister, David Naughton. <laughs> Naughty David Naughton. <laughs> Melissa Rose. Uh, Eric Freeman. Rob Bookta. Come on, Rob. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Pull your head out of your ass. You're not a celebrity. <laughs> Joan Ray canceled, apparently. What a prick. Isn't he from here? <laughs> Is he? I think, uh, yeah, I think he might be. Tim Pearson. Uh, yeah. Ken Segois of Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4.
1: Kruger! Pussy! <laughs> All right. Okay, I told my wife I'd make this as quick as possible. So, uh let's see some real world horror. No, horror business. That's what it is.
0: It's there it's both. It's it's both. It's a two-in-one thing.
1: It's uh two for one double whammy. It's
0: a double fister. It's a double. Yeah.
1: We are some kind of idiots. We are some kind of hate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so TikTok is taking over the world. Apparently, uh, more if, like Dick Doc. No, uh, I, said, <laughs> I said that earlier. Or Dick Cock. Got
0: him. Yeah, does he mind is like when you dock your dick ah. in something, <laughs>
1: like uh, like
0: foreskin. Isn't that what docking is? When
1: you jack off with another guy's foreskin.
0: I don't know. I think that's what docking is. I only know what space docking is, and it right. involves
1: poop. Yeah, we don't do poop. We don't do poop on this show. That's not true. We talk about
0: poop we all the time. We talk about poop all the time, because poop, <laughs> poop, poop is funny. <laughs> poop is funny. I used to work with a guy who was in a docking cover band called Space Docking. Oh, so good.
1: Anyway, so yeah,
0: TikTok. It's stupid.
1: It's so fucking dumb.
0: But you know what's worse than TikTok tiktok users sitting next to someone who's watching tiktok yeah it is
1: for just hours and hours and hours and hours you're listening to the same fucking song (laughs) over and over again but not the whole song about 10 seconds of the song over and over and over again and it's always the same it's like always some asshole doing the same fucking thing just like it's a different asshole each time
0: Oh, yeah, because it's a challenge.
1: Right. <laughs> challenge m- these nuts there. It's
0: like, hey, uh, can you do the fucking uh, eye-to-eye challenge where you just dance to eye-to-eye? It's like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Or like when people were doing like the um, mm-hmm. uh, that dance to... Um, uh, the, the weekend song? The weekend song. Yeah, something lights, blinding lights or something like that yeah blinding lights um and
0: yeah yeah everybody was doing the
1: like uh something you'd see on like american (laughs)
0: bandstand yeah
1: they're doing the charleston (laughs) what's this one
0: what is that one (laughs) Uh, jazz jazz hands (laughs) no but then like and your feet kick out the wrong way (laughs) isn't that the charleston I thought, you just said this was the Charleston.
1: No, I i don't know what that is. I don't know if that's even a thing. It is a thing. I mean, I know it's a thing. I don't know if it has a name. Oh. This is a good the, podcast. <laughs> a na- <laughs> hey, I'm blowing off smoke, <laughs> goddammit. I took a shower for the first time in a week today. That's how my life goes now. Okay. Um, anyway, so Dick... 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 <laughs> Dick uh, <laughs> Um, user Lord Ver, Ver, uh, he put, started posting a series of videos, and this is kind of like the the other side of TikTok, where it's not stupid challenges, it's not people using the same fucking music for their video over and over again. It, some people post like it's kind of like almost like Instagram stories, where they post a series of TikToks that tell a story. Um, and uh, yeah, Lord Ver posted uh, a series of videos um showing these sculptures. And as far as I can understand it,
0: he didn't build anything in his yard. No, he found these. He right. just, just came out in his yard and found them.
1: It's not like somebody manipulated snowmen that he had already built. These were constructions made in the dead of night in his front yard out of snow. um And then... It, so...
0: It's better to just watch these. I think Taylor probably put the links in our show notes. Um, I mean, you you can just go to you know tiktok.com slash Lord Virr V I R R sure or, or that and word. watch them all. Um, but he um,
1: one was like this like arch with uh, like a little little thing, little thing in the middle. Yeah, like I don't know if it's supposed to be like a tongue or. As far as, like, the, the sculpture itself, yeah,
0: I think it was, like, kind of a, like a tongue. Because, um, it, like, it's it's like an arch, and then there's two little, like, oh, they almost look like eyes on top. So it kind of looks like a frog or something, mm-hmm. but yeah, but it's just an arch, and then, yeah, there's this little point in the yeah. middle. Yeah, and then it
1: was all spray-painted red um, to look like it was just, like, this bloody maw uh, in the sculpture. And it had popped up, let's see, so he he came out one night, and it was... Spray painted. Um, and he goes, it was I don't know if it was the next day or something, but he says, like, it looked like it was, it was starting to age. Um, but now this paint looks fresh, like somebody came back and re spray painted this snow.
0: Um, and there was also a second one that looked like somebody had spray painted some kind of like rune or something on it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like just a little kind of pillar. Um, and Had a big uh, smiley face on one side. Right. And then on the other side, it was like an X with two little like lines coming off it.
1: Yeah. And then there was one like back next to the door in his house, like a tiny little one, uh, same like arch thing, but on, on
0: a smaller scale. And then time goes on. But w- that was the part that really creeped me out. Cause it said one M one F next to it. And it's like him and his girlfriend that live there. So it's like oh. they were tagging like one male, one female live here. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. I thought I it... didn't either until I saw the comments on the video and mm. someone pointed that out. Because I thought it said "I'm if" and I'm like, "What the hell does that mean?" Yeah, that's what I assumed. Um, but yeah, strange
1: things started to happen, including his girlfriend having to go to the emergency emergency room with chest pains,
0: and their oven caught fire. But then things got worse. I mean, based on that, people started being like, you, you know, because <laughs> he he put his hand into the the archway one, mm. and people were like, "Well, now you've summoned a demon." <laughs> Um, and so that people were convinced that that's why his girlfriend had chest pains and that's why their oven to caught fire. Cause now they were cursed or possessed or something.
1: Yeah. And somebody apparently commented on one of the videos saying you got a dead body in your, in your water tank. You better go check it. Just, you know, comment like just basic, like horror movie type shit. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't have a water tank, but it does appear that my well has been tampered with. Uh, in another video, he goes and shows that the bolts on the on the cap to his well
0: has been, like the, the paint has been chipped off by somebody clearly trying to open it. And the water, you didn't, I didn't post this video, but the, his water was like brown. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Which he probably posted that first, and that was why somebody said there was a dead body. Mm, that makes more sense now. Um, and
1: uh, yeah, and there were also footprints leading uh f- from his backyard like fr- fr- I think from the water or the well opening into the woods yeah so um so he knocked down the sculptures and then he put up just wood crosses like just took some some bits of wood nailed them together in a cross and then stuck them in the, the stumps of these uh snow
0: sculptures he was <laughs> he basically like I don't know what this is like I'm he didn't he doesn't sound like he's extremely religious but he's just like at this point fucking whatever. yeah. Uh, so he puts these crosses up and through
1: his uh, security camera, which takes snapshots rather than like continuous video looks like, uh, you know had one shot of the crosses being sh- straight up as he put them in and the next shot the crosses had
0: been inverted and spray painted and spray painted red. And yet it never caught anybody doing it. Right. Um, they're supposed to be triggered by events, which I assume is, you know, motion or something of that nature. Right. Um, so
1: over time, snow had melted, and he thought that things had ended um, because everything had been, you know, built up in the snow. But he walks into the woods behind his house, Excuse me. And finds an even larger arch sculpture with the same shape. Uh, and it has the little tongue thing in the middle. It was like this. W- what was weird is it was covered in moss, mm-hmm. which would imply that it had been there for a while. Yeah. But it was like a. a, 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 a I mean, it's, it this says cairn, but yeah, I mean, that's a pretty apt description. The cairn of rocks you know, kind of built up into a pyramid or a cone in the middle of this arch. And, um, you know, the arch, you know, that could have been thrown up in, in a couple hours, but that stack of rocks covered in moss, like you can't can't transport rocks and have an even coating of moss over it like it did. Yeah. I mean, they had to have been there. <laughs> so unless they had like the entire stack and they transported it as one thing, I mean, this is clearly some kind of prank um, But this is very elaborate <laughs> Yeah um, And unless he's doing it himself Which is always a possibility um, But uh, On top of that There was also a structure That appeared to have remnants of uh, Being lived in like a, like a treehouse type thing?
0: Kind of, it was like I mean, it was just kind of like, it was almost like a stage. It was like a flat platform on four poles. And there was like a ladder that went up to it. Okay. And he said that that had been there. He said in the fall, I don't know if that was like when they moved in or if he had already noticed it or what, but he said that had already been there, but there was some kind of a a blanket or a sleeping bag or something that was like draped off the side. And he said that wasn't there. And then there was a bunch of uh, pieces of burnt wood. He was like, and this definitely wasn't here. So somebody had been making a fire out there. That's fucking spoopy. Yeah. So somebody's basically living outside his house. Right. Um.
1: You know, some people are naturally saying it's the work of a demon, or some other supernatural
0: force, or a ghoul. Sure. Um. A little a little green ghoul.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: Someone said like, jackal. <laughs>
1: uh. Other people are just saying it's just some, some wacko, some asshole, um, or even a cult that's just messing with him. But,
0: but but that's worse. That's kind of worse. Like you do get how that's worse, right? (laughs) Like, I mean, I'm not a religious person. I'm not really scared of demons or jackals or, um, (laughs) but, um, if there's some dude just living in my backyard and fucking with my water tank and spray-painting weird shit in my... No, that fucking scares the shit out of me. Yeah, it's fucking wacky. But like you said, there's also the third option that it's just him. Right. Um, there is a lot of speculation out there that this is some kind of augmented reality game, which I guess is a popular thing on TikTok. Hmm. All right. Where people just kind of act out stuff and then based on what how people comment is how the story progresses. Um, was- there's there is a video of him crawling through the snow arch and he says, I don't remember taking this video. And that's the one that kind of makes me go, Hmm. Now I think you're lying. Yeah. You're full of shit, man. Well, who knows?
1: I mean, if the guy's dead one day, then I guess we'll know, but
0: until then, <laughs> yeah, just some asshole <laughs> prayers up for Lord beer, I guess. <laughs> All right, so who's ready for some toxic bacon? <laughs> uh, we've talked, I, I think, several times, at least once, uh, about the Toxic Avenger remake being done. Oh, I think over at Legendary, right? Uh, that sounds right. Uh, they recently cast Peter Dinklage, of course, of Game of Thrones and Elf, uh, as <laughs> well. As, <laughs> um, as well as Jacob Tremblay, who I don't think i'm familiar with i know the name but i can't think of why but now they have cast as the main villain in the film one mr kevin bacon you just got bacon Bacon. um the main villain is the mayor uh in the original yeah like uh, yeah i mean depending on how close they stick to the story is that who bacon will be playing presumably um i'm not sure it's gonna
1: i mean this that's much different because the original mayor was a big fat guy. Oh yeah, he was he was a big dude. Um and he his cohort was the police chief who was a Nazi or something.
0: Or something. I mean it's trauma.
1: Yeah, uh fucking um Lloyd Kaufman and Mel Brooks, two Jews that have no
0: scruples when it comes to making <laughs> Nazi jokes. Yeah. Um, According to Deadline, this is a contemporary reimagining of Troma Entertainment's successful 1984 low-budget action comedy hit. The Toxic Avenger is steeped in environmental themes and subverts the superhero genre in the vein of Deadpool. When a struggling everyman is pushed into a vat of toxic waste, he is transformed into a mutant freak who must go from shunned outcast to underdog hero as he races to save his son, his friends, and his community from the forces of corruption and greed. So, the... the base story sounds very similar,
1: but I'm getting the impression that um, Melvin, I mean, if it is Melvin is going to be a
0: different character. That sounds like he's older.
1: Yeah. And the fact that he has a son, Mm -hmm. because I mean, Melvin friends, right? Melvin, for anybody who hasn't seen the toxic Avenger, Melvin was a, a scrawny little nerdy shit. Who was tormented by everyone? <laughs> I mean, everyone until he falls into a vat of toxic waste and becomes a toxic Avenger. Um, and then he lives in a Machine. Shea- a shea- <laughs> yeah, he lives uh, in a ramshackled old uh, mobile home or RV uh, with his blind girlfriend. Yeah.
0: In a dump. Yeah. Uh, This is being written and directed by Macon Blair. Macon and Bacon. Macon Bacon, the dream team. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, together at last. Man, I didn't put that together. Well done you. (laughs) Uh, But Macon Blair, of course, uh, he wrote and directed Green Room. Okay. The name was familiar. I wasn't sure why. Well, now you know. I do know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. So, yeah, this, uh, when this was first announced, I was kind of like, oh, no, not, this is going to be bad. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, the more people that are getting attached to it, I'm, excited's not the right word, but.
1: Yeah, I mean.
0: Intrigued.
1: the, The part of what makes so many trauma movies, which are, you know, if you're looking at it for, like, Objectively, are terrible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean they're they're poorly scripted, they're poorly acted, and just poorly shot in yeah. general. Um, but you know they they've got but that's their charm. charm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's on purpose. They're not trying
0: to be you know high cinema.
1: Yeah, I mean anybody who's ever met or heard Lloyd Kaufman talk about filmmaking knows that he just like making a film, regardless if it's good or not, is. That that's good enough. Yeah, he. I mean, he has a book called "Make Your Own Damn Movie." Right. Um, he does not give a shit about, um, you know, pirating or you know, theft of any uh, like anything like that. Like he's he's like it cost me twenty seven dollars to make whatever. (laughs) Um, but you know, this is obviously sounding like a much higher budget production than the original. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure how far removed it's going to be from the original, because the original, the the premise is kind of stupid, and the, the the like I said, like any other trauma film, it was very poor, very poorly done. Yeah. Like uh, the Toxic Avenger himself looked pretty good for for a low budget movie, but other than that, it's just strictly the charm of the movie that makes it enjoyable, because the rest of it, like I said, looking at it objectively is dumb um so I don't know if they're going to make this like a you know higher budget action superhero film or if they're gonna try and maintain that that charm that the original had oh Jacob Tremblay is a
0: little kid from Dr. Sleep little kid the one that played Danny uh I think so
1: oh that kid okay He's <clears> in <throat> uh, Good Good Boys or Bad Boys, or whatever it was called. What you gonna do, Good Boys?
0: <laughs> um, did you ever see that? No, it was kind of funny. It was like super bad, except their children. That's kind of the impression I got. Yeah. Um. Yep.
1: Anyway, yeah, I, I love Toxic Avenger. Not so, Toxic Avenger Two is okay, but pretty much everything after that was just. I like even I can't stand it <laughs> there there are like trauma faithful out there that love
0: all of them, but like pretty much the only the first two are the only two I can watch there It is legendary behind it, so okay so there's there's some cash behind it, yeah, so I mean yeah, all we could do is really see what what they've
1: got going um but I feel like if you get too far removed from what made the original so entertaining that you're, you're, you're going to
0: lose some, you're going to lose that, that charm. And that yeah. like, uh, just the, the, you know, the DIY nature of it. Right. If you just make it into the, like the super big budget superhero movie, people are like, what is this? This is not what I signed up for.
1: I kind of wonder how
0: involved coffin's going to be. Uh, if at all, I think he signed a piece of paper and that's pretty much his yeah, involvement. <laughs> pay, pay me money. <laughs> Fuck you, pay me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we'll see. So, you know, there's never enough uh, Stephen King adaptations in the world, uh, clearly. <laughs> um back in was it 1980 1983 um uh, john carpenter directed an adaptation of christine which objectively i think if you if you were to uh panel some just random stephen king fans they would probably say christine is one of stephen king's less good books less good yeah um uh you know I read it and I was like okay that's that's a book that I read <laughs> It's not great. I mean especially when you're comparing it to something like The Shining or or It or something it's just like it's just kind of like filler. <laughs> um but in 1983 John Carpenter the self-proclaimed master of horror <laughs> directed an adaptation which honestly didn't even help the book that much. <laughs> like I am. I, I appreciate uh, John Carpenter, but uh, like I'm not like a. I don't fawn over him like a lot of people do. Uh, and honestly, I didn't think Christine was all that good. <laughs> I said it. Um, but
0: I don't really have strong opinions on it. Christine or John Carpenter? Christine.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't have strong opinions on it either. I've seen it like. Two maybe three times in my life. I think I've seen it once. Yeah, um, but anyway. So since that was you know made uh, thirty plus years ago, uh, it's time to remake it. So who's who's the king of remakes? Tommy Blum. Uh, yeah, he finally got his hands on a on a delicious Stephen King adaptation. Actually, is this his first? Has he made others?
0: Are they doing Firestarter? Uh, I don't know. Maybe.
1: Firestarter.
0: Twisted Firestarter.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Blumhouse is remaking Christine. I've uh, got Brian Fuller writing and directing. They um, are doing Firestarter. Well, there you go. Uh, Zach Efron is in it? What? Uh oh, <laughs> you okay. so Brian Fuller. Uh, I mean, you know him from Hannibal, and everybody fucking loves Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those shows where it's like it's like okay, well this show isn't making us any money, so we're gonna cancel it. And everybody who says, no! yeah, everybody who says they watched it consistently and faithfully are like, how dare you! This is the best show on television. And it's like I saw a couple episodes. It's it's fine, but I wouldn't throw a fit. <laughs> Ain't nothing to be uh, a poopy pants about. Ain't nothing
0: to get excited about. <laughs> um,
1: but what I said to you about is that apparently Brian Fuller wrote uh, the teleplay for the TV movie adaptation of Carrie back in two thousand two, which was supposed to spawn a TV series, uh, and in that. Adaptation Carrie lives at the end. And well, yeah, if
0: you're going to turn it into a TV series, you kind of have to have her. Yeah, it's it was dumb.
1: <laughs> it was not a good adaptation. Uh, of course, it was better, I, I think, than the um,
0: Chloe Grace Moritz version.
1: That was so bad.
0: That was not good. That was a, a music video made to be a Carrie.
1: Yeah, I can remember us seeing
0: that in the theater and being so upset when we left. <laughs> Dude, the part where like where they. It, it did the stereotypical let's go to the mall and try on clothes scene. Yep. And I was just like, what the fuck is this?
1: It's like, did we wander into fucking cheese all that or something?
0: Yeah. And then they're playing like Walk the Moon or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Blumhouse and Ryan Murphy are also making uh, If It Bleeds, which is a Stephen King adaptation. If it bleeds, we can kill it. No, that's a different thing. That's, that's, that's Predator. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so the original was directed in uh, directed by John Carpenter in 1983. Um the story of Christine is uh a nerdy little teenager um buys this shitty old Chevy Fury um from some farmer who basically he's like the old Ralph. He's like, "Well, my brother owned it and now he's dead. So if you own this too, you'll be doomed." <laughs> he's the harbinger. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he starts working on it, starts fixing it up, and as he starts bringing the car back to, you know, its pristine nature, the car starts coming to life, and basically... As as they do. Sure. That's why you only want to fix a car so
0: much. (laughs) That's why you don't fix up cars. (laughs) Um. This guy's arm came off. (laughs) Uh, uh, so
1: apparently Fuller is planning to keep it, uh, in the eighties and grounded in the book. So that's interesting. seems like so many stories, you know, uh, Stephen King adaptations, they want to bring them into modern times, Mm -hmm. which, you know, when a, when a book is made in the same time period as it was written, it, it flows much better because you get, you get the essence of the book. On film, you know, provided it was done correctly, like like Carrie or um or firestarter or you know the original christine um, when you start doing things like it, which took place in the fifties and the eighties, and then you move it from fifties and the eighties to the eighties and the two thousands it's just you you lose something in translation, yeah um, but uh anyway, uh you know. I, I, I don't really have strong opinions about Brian Fuller one way or the other. Same as I don't really have strong opinions about Christine. But, you know, I, I'm a Stephen King fan, so I like to see his work
0: handled appropriately. How close was the original movie to the book?
1: Um, Not very. The I mean, the ending was pretty different. Um, actually, the, kind of how, how the the opening of, of the story was different and I'd have to probably read the book and watch the movie again to, to really um, remember exactly how different they are. But I do remember the beginning of the movie being different and the end of the movie being different. Um, Which, you know, when you do that, you're essentially creating a new story. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess it's it's up to you know it's in the eye of the beholder to decide how important those things are, but I'm kind of a stickler for details, and I I prefer when things stick to the source source material. Um, so, but again, I'm not super passionate about Christine as a story, so whatever. I mean, it's John Carpenter, so people were bound to like it anyway, yeah. even if it was a, whole, a heap of shit. So.
0: People like the fog For God's sake I like the fog You like the fog? Yeah It's not I mean I don't love the fog But It's okay Ew David I fucking hated the remake With um
1: Was it Tom Willing In that or something? I don't know who that is the Guy that played Clark Kent in Smallville
0: Oh Doesn't matter <clears throat> anyway. it, was, it was Caca is what it was It was cacao Caca Ice.
1: You do
0: so we've talked before about uh, the TV series Slasher, and we've talked about how it's going to be coming back for a fourth season. We now know exactly when and how many episodes and some more details about it. Uh, it's going to be called Slasher colon flesh and blood. It will stream exclusively on Shudder in the U.S., Australia, and New Zealand starting on August 12th. There will be two episodes premiering that day, and then there will be new episodes every week. Uh, There's going to be eight episodes in total. The new season follows a wealthy but dysfunctional family gathering for a reunion on a secluded island. Their old wounds and competitive rivalries flare up when the family realizes a masked killer is on the island intent on cruelly picking them off one by one. I never watched the third season, the one in the, in the apartment building. Oh, neither did I. Hmm. I
1: guess I didn't know it existed. <laughs> <laughs> was it on shutter? I think it was on Netflix. Okay. Cause that's, that's where I remember slasher being was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean like I, I really enjoyed the first season.
0: Me too. With the hangman. Um, the no, second season was was okay too it wasn't as good no it, it was it was okay i thought that that it was it was
1: passable it was it was enjoyable to watch and no major complaints, but the thing was is like to follow up the first season, which was pretty good mm-hmm. with that it was just like yeah, I think you could have done better yeah <laughs> um and yeah i haven't i didn't know the third season existed, so yeah. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I'm a sucker for horror TV. So, um, I have we talked about this before. It's swear we have.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we did because it's, oh. it's got David Cronenberg in it. That's what we talked about originally. David uh, Cronenberg is playing the, the father figure right. of this wealthy family. Uh, shutter's Craig Engler describes it as knives out done by John Carpenter. Um, Which, you know, going back to what we were just talking about with John Carpenter, but um, Knives Out was a damn good movie. It was good. Um, It was not what I was expecting um, so
1: much. I expected more of a a kind of tongue-in-cheek
0: slasher, but that's not really what it was. It was more of a... Well, that's because all the horror sites were covering it for some reason.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's probably what skewed my perception
0: it was one of those things and here's the kind of conversation that will be that's why we'll never be on bloody disgusting's podcast network uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where like bloody disgusting just kind of covers what they want these days yeah and so they covered it and all the, all the other horror sites went oh bloody disgusting covering it so we, we should cover it too right uh but it was in no way or in any facet of the imagination there there
1: are movies that i, I don't really want to just lay into bloody disgusting <laughs> I, I I I don't as much as much as I uh, have my qualms with them, but I feel like there are things out there where you know whether it be a movie or a TV show or, or or whatever that I think bloody disgusting is getting some kind of kickback, and so they just hammer it into your skull like just article after article about the same fucking thing. You know put these big loud banners On their website and shit It's like we fucking get it Somebody greased you to report on this And like I don't know As somebody who does You know stuff like this And you know as as Kind of An amateur film critic I kind of find that little I don't know shitty I guess. <laughs> because <laughs> you know we've we've had offers to review review films i mean not it doesn't seem like as many as we used to we used to get a lot of them yeah um and we, we've done a few admittedly but a lot of times just like no i mean thanks but we've we've kind
0: of got our own thing we're doing i mean we get screeners from like pr firms mostly yeah and so I, it, we just somehow ended up on these mailing lists. I don't think it's us directly where they're like, hey, this is up your alley or anything like that. And, right. And we've never been, you know, offered compensation for any of them. Mostly no. It's like we'll see one in an email and we'll be like, oh, we got a blank spot on the schedule and this looks like it might be interesting. And they never are. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but
1: anyway slasher that's what we're talking about
0: yeah uh yeah engler goes on to say this fran uh takes this series this season takes the franchise to a new level with a gripping and scary story about family secrets intrigue murder and legacy yeah i could be on that um i mean saying it's
1: like knives out done by john carpenter that's kind of what i thought i was getting into
0: with knives out
1: <laughs> so could be good
0: yeah and like I said, uh, David Cronenberg is playing the father. Um, I'm not sure who else is in it, but I don't think it's anybody really of note. But none of the past seasons really had anybody of note, and they were still very good. So Yeah. Uh, the, the only thing that I can recall seeing
1: somebody in was the first season, the main girl. She's she's a, a series regular on um, Supergirl. Aside okay. from that?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it doesn't always matter. You don't always need a big name. Yeah. Sometimes it's better if you don't have a big name. Yeah. Because then you're not distracted by like, oh, it's, you know, Jack Sparrow or Tyler Durden. And, you know, sometimes it's
1: retroactive, too, because you like look at, like watch like Friday the 13th. And, you know, Kevin Bacon was a nobody back then. But now you know who Kevin Bacon is. So when you watch Friday the 13th, it's like, hey, look, fucking Kevin Bacon getting his neck stabbed. Yeah. You don't think,
0: I don't even know the character's name, but yeah, just some, it's just guy. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. He gets baconed, <laughs> The ultimate bacon. <laughs> so August 12th, uh, on shutter, check out slasher flesh and blood. Fucking a fucking a, <laughs>
1: So, coming off the tail of what is seeming to be a pretty successful debut of, uh, of Spiral, um, Darren Lynn Bousman is uh, gearing up to direct uh, a film based on the LaLaurie Mansion.
0: Did you go by the LaLaurie Mansion when you went to New Orleans? Yeah. Yeah, so did we. We did like a, a ghost tour thing and there, that was one of the stops. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah,
1: we. It, it's funny because we went there in October you know, around Halloween time. Um, and there were, like, Halloween decorations around the building. But as far as you could tell, there's no, like, events going on or anything like that. It, it wasn't anything extravagant. You'd, ex- you'd expect, like, this hub of all these ghost stories would be a little more decked out, but
0: whatever. Um, I didn't know they did ghost tours, though. I mean, it was just, like, we didn't go... To the mansion We just stood outside it And they were like This is the lower oh, mansion
1: Oh, I see Okay
0: Yeah, I don't think You can go in it I'm pretty sure it's closed To the public
1: Didn't somebody live there? I thought it was a private property Yeah,
0: I think somebody Does live there
1: Oh, okay um, Okay, so yeah uh, uh, The project's being written By Chad and Carrie Hayes um, Who wrote the first film In the Conjuring franchise Oh, no <laughs> Fucking Conjuring Jesus You know People, we, we've we've talked and talked and talked until we're out of breath about how much we fucking hate Conjuring movies. Um, and it's like, I hate when people are like, oh, I love horror. Have you seen the Conjuring movies? It's like saying that you like horror and then invoking the Conjuring movies is saying that you like Mexican food and they're like, let's go get some fucking Taco Bell.
0: All right, let's not gatekeep here. Huh? Let's not gatekeep.
1: Well. I mean,
0: tell me I'm wrong. I mean, we you and I have different opinions than other people on the conjuring movies. It's it's a, it's very mainstream horror. It's shitty horror is what it is. It's it's I mean I don't want to just break this down into a rabble rouse on the on the conjuring franchise, but but it's I mean if you just break down the story, it's fucking non-existent. It's, it's just a bunch of spooky stuff that happens. Yeah. It's not even that spooky. There are predictable jump scares and some weird, creepy things. Like, ooh, look at that. That's creepy, right? Okay, let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's like that- walking through a haunted house. Like, look, there's something spooky. Like, ah. <laughs> <clears throat> next room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Kristen was watching the third one because it's on HBO Max that's the newest one yeah i came out came out because i'm still working part-time she's off like she's on on maternity leave and technically i am on paternity leave but because of my job it's easier for me to just work a couple days a week rather than uh have to train somebody else so i came out after working all day and she's fucking watching the conjuring like, oh god damn it you were like i'm gonna take the baby and leave <laughs> Like, I don't want you exposing my son to this shit. going to my mother's. <laughs> but, like, you know, I was trying my hardest to, like, not watch it because I just get irritated. And, like, I know I do it, but I can't stop myself sometimes. I'll just, like, make snide car- comments about how <laughs> shitty a movie is, and it m- makes her insane. Like, she gets so upset. <laughs> <laughs> so I try to be conscious of it and not do it, and if I think I can't control myself, I try... So hard to just completely block it out. But I was not successful. <laughs> um, it's it's not good. And it's like everybody's making such a big deal because it was rated R. It's like, it's so what? It's still the same fucking story about a, con man. It's a horror movie. It's supposed <laughs> to be rated R. Um Yeah, and like Ed Warren, he gets a heart he has a heart attack in the movie. Um, you know, like Handsome, svelte Patrick, Patrick Wilson, Wilson has a heart attack. And so it, they imply it was because of uh, a very extreme exorcism. It's like, oh, so Ed Warren had a heart attack, and it wasn't because he was overweight and an alcoholic. It was from an exorcism. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so uh, this is the first film. Oh, no in a planned franchise built around the famous and historical Lillari mansion. Uh, the mansion has been closed to the public since the 1930s. There but, you go. But that has not stopped tourists from flocking to the site every year to catch a glimpse of the home where Oops. one of the most... What? Oops. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> uh, where one of the most evil women in recorded history, Madame Delphine Lillari, lived and carried out many of her her, her her horrific deeds. That's a lot of her horror.
0: Her! her. her. <laughs> Whoever told you that when you smile, it looks like you're saying the word her, but <laughs> like, like a thousand hours on the end, like her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Madame LaLaurie, uh, if you watched American Horror Story Coven, you got kind of, um, you know, a dime store version of, of Miss, uh, of Madame LaLaurie, but basically she was a slave owner. Um, and, you know, among being just generally cruel to her slaves, uh, as most slave owners were, Uh, She would lock them up in her attic and do fucked up experiments on them. Like, you know, cut out their organs and see if they could live. And, you know, cut pieces of flesh off of them and just really fucking
0: twisted shit. Like, you know how there's people out there that just love to take apart, like, electronics and just kind of see how they work and tinker with them and see what else they can make out of them? She basically did that with people. Right.
1: And it's like, I like to tinker with things. Uh it helps me understand them better. I have no
0: Don't tink- don't tinker with people. Yeah, I
1: don't want to do that to, to a person. That's first it's too much work. Second, it's just w- twisted. And um, third, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> the film crew has been granted exclusive rights to the location by the owner. Uh oh, and producer Michael Whalen, uh, in order to dive into the history of the location in ways no one has ever attempted before now. Um Bowsman said, uh, for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with the paranormal. Anyone who studies the supernatural knows the le- legends and lore of the LaLaurie Mansion, which is in New Orleans, which I'm just now realizing we never mentioned. The LaLaurie Mansion is in... Well, I mean, I asked you if you saw it when you went to New Orleans. So. Did you say New Orleans? Yeah. Okay. I th- anyway. But yeah, it is in New Orleans. It's in the middle of the French Quarter. Uh, or not in the middle, but it's in the French Quarter. Uh, so it's like saying that... You know, it doesn't stop tourists from flocking to the site. It's like, well, yeah. The it, tourists are already there. It's it's
0: in a fucking public street. What do you want to do? Um, it's like having a famous building at Disneyland and just being like, people just go there. I don't know. <laughs> or like the owner being like, hey,
1: hey, you just keep on walking. That's, That's cool.
0: right. Keep walking, buddy. We had this conversation the other day. We were walking through and we were like, man, there's a lot of like Amityville looking houses around here. And then we started talking about the Amityville house and how they change the windows because they don't want tourists and stuff. And it's like, why do you buy that house? Like, you know what that house is. Why do you buy it and then get mad when tourists come to it? It's like, the guy who bought the fucking Goonies house. And he's like, don't you come over and look at my house. Well,
1: yeah. So, I think we actually went there the last year that they
0: let people up on the property. Um, I mean, it's one thing to, like, let people up on the property. But if you're just mad that people are, like, standing on the sidewalk and looking at your house, like... What did you expect? That's not what it was, though. Because people were, like, getting up on the deck. Okay, well, that's a different conversation. I'm talking about, like, the the Amityville people are just mad that people are taking pictures of their house. Granted, yeah. I'm just saying, like, the, the people
1: that own the Goonies house, they were very welcoming to a lot of fans. But, you know, people just don't... They just take respect, advantage. Yeah, they don't respect what they're given. And, uh, you know, things get taken away. Um. Let's see. Uh, Bowsman. Recently I was allowed access to the house and I was able to stay there with the Hayes brothers. There's no way to articulate my 72 hours in in those walls. He's full of shit. The house consumes you. Its history cripples you. The Hayes brothers have crafted such an emotional, suspenseful, and scary narrative that I cannot wait to introduce the world to to this unbelievable location. Fucking eye horror. Put an apostrophe in it's. fucking amateur hour uh yeah i mean you know it's funny i mentioned american horror story and the 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 girls school or the, the school for witches which is kind of like has a facade as a as a, some kind of boarding school uh the house that that in, that they're in is supposed to be the LaLori Mansion. It's not. It's in the Garden District, uh, like several miles away from the LaLaurie Mansion. The LaLaurie Mansion itself is pretty nondescript when you really mm-hmm. look at it. Um, I mean, you, I we walked past it twice and didn't realize what we were looking at.
0: It's so funny that there's a mansion in the middle of this like retail area. Yeah, because and, and it just goes unnoticed.
1: Yeah, it's, it almost looks like a like an apartment building because it takes almost takes up almost an entire block. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's just like, yeah, an old house that they built around. I mean, yeah, that's what it looks like anyway. Um, yeah, you know, Bowsman, he was really hitting hit or miss with me. Yeah. Um, mostly miss, unfortunately. I mean, I love the guy as, as a filmmaker and a, as, as like a, a, a horror, um, Just like as a horror fan because he himself is a horror fan and he appreciates the genre um, and has a passion for it. I really appreciate that about him. But sometimes his movies just fucking suck. <laughs>
0: Man, I mean, I don't know. This just knowing that this is written by the, the writers of The Conjuring, it just feels like it's just going to be The Conjuring in a different location. Yeah, I um.
1: Yeah, I, I, I expect that that will be the case. Um, I mean, unless they're going to... Well, you know, they're making a, a series out of it, which that just never is good in, in these kinds of conditions. But, you know, if they're going to make a movie about Madame Laurie, that's kind of one thing.
0: I, I could see some, some value in but that. But it doesn't sound like this is about her. It's right. about the the mansion itself yeah, and the ghosts they're in. Right. So, Ooh, spooky. So that makes me think that this is not going to be really worth
1: watching. Um, I mean, I hope I'm wrong because the 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 lore and the history behind the mansion is very intriguing, um, and it would very play very well into a horror movie mm-hmm. or you know a, a ghost movie. Um, but yeah, involving people, involving The Conjuring. Just it always spells disaster. Yeah. Um, Anyway, here's hoping that it's worth a shit.
0: There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living, the devil may care. And I'm just a devil with no spare. So Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Our- So I saw this pop up on my Facebook the other day and I was very interested in it. Uh, I signed up for updates only to find out that it's nowhere near us. Uh, the Blair witch escape attraction is coming to Las Vegas. Um, the ad that I saw on Facebook told me nothing about it. It was just like, hey, there's a Blair Witch Escape experience. So I went to their website, and there's nothing on their website about where it is or what it is. Good. It's basically just sign up for updates. So I was like, okay. maybe." I thought maybe it was like a virtual thing that we could do. But no, it's in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, where there are no woods to be found for hundreds <laughs> of miles. Uh, this is from Lionsgate and Egan Escape Pro- Productions. It's opening in early summer of 2021. It's called Escape Blair Witch, uh, which will bring the classic horror film franchise to life in its first ever official escape experience. The new attraction will be located in the same expansive facility that houses the fan favorite, the official Saw Escape Las Vegas. I could see this playing pretty well into an escape room. Oh, for sure. Almost definitely. (laughs) Uh, As guests enter, they will immediately be transported to the lifelike small village of Burkittsville, Maryland, to investigate mysterious happenings and disappearances within the community. Investigators will then need to work together to escape multiple rooms that bring the classic film and the curse of the Blair Witch to life. Trekking through the iconic Black Hills Forest will be just one of the memorial, no, memorable, dramatic, and terrifying events that provides exciting twists, putting guests to the test. Yeah. Putting that... guests to the test. <laughs> it's like the song. Yeah. That one that one movie that one Disney gimmick
1: <laughs> speaking of gimmicks I hear wax coming back um, in some capacity someday oh really it's <laughs> was Max just showboating here I, I can't talk about it oh okay
0: I can tell you off mic but I can I'm not at liberty to say anything okay <laughs> um uh, due to high demand, limited space, and COVID-19 protocols, reservations are required in advance. Fucking COVID, man. Fucking COVID, just fucking everything up. Where's the first 18 COVIDs? That's what I want <laughs> <laughs> to
1: know. all the government cover-up. They covered up the first 18.
0: Uh, Idiots. Pri- pri- <laughs> Private VIP games are available, as well as packages for birthdays, bachelor and bachelorette parties, team building, and more. Get your details at escapeblairwitch.com. Man, that would have been... So I had talked
1: Kristen into going to Las Vegas for our anniversary next month. I haven't been there in years. She's never been there. We talked about going there several times. We just never did. It's like, okay, we've been through a lot. We're new parents and we need a fucking break for a few days. Let's go to Las Vegas. We've talked about it. We never did it. It's it's an easy, cheap trip, and we were all ready to go, and then she changed her mind. <laughs> oh jeez, like, uh... because she doesn't want to travel, or is she doesn't want to leave the baby? Uh, and it's yeah. just like it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, but it's like fucking damn it, <laughs> <laughs> fucking crap, damn it. Um, but no, like, like I mean, aside from. Showing her things that, you know, I have fun doing in, in Vegas. Um, you know, she was starting to find things she wanted to do. Um, and then I'm like, Oh fuck that. No, uh, was it nightmare toys or the, the, the horror toy store in, in Vegas. And I was like, Oh fuck, I'm totally going to go check that out. But that bar isn't open. The, the bar they're opening next door isn't open yet. So,
0: mm. um, we gotta go check out that place in Oregon. That I sent you the link to. The bar.
1: Oh, right. Uh, anyway. But yeah, this would have been something to do as well. But
0: Nope. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Escape Room fan. If you're in the Seattle area, check out Hourglass Escapes and their Evil Dead 2 Escape Room. Highly yeah. recommend. Hell yeah. Dude. Even if you're not an Evil Dead fan. Like we had people who were not Evil Dead fans and they enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Uh, we um, have a pretty in-depth review of it on our website. That's right. We do. <clears throat> so, and if you're in Vegas, go escape Blair Witch. Bucket A. Okay. So that's our business. That, that'll do it. We made it. A little longer than I wanted, but oh well. That's us. All right. Let's, uh, let's keep this... This train and rolling and do some film reviews. All right, so we've got two films, both Shutter exclusives. One's not available on Shutter yet, so you have to pay for it.
0: <laughs> that shit drives me nuts. I fucking hate that. Because every time. Every time I pay for it and I hit play and it pops up and says Shutter and I go shit. And Then you go search Shutter, <laughs> and then I go to Shutter and it's not there. And then you, but you still get
1: irritated because it's a Shutter movie and it's not on Shutter. Yeah, because you're like, oh no, I paid for a movie I didn't have to. And then you're like, why did I have to pay for this movie? Yeah, <laughs> like I'm already paying six ninety nine a month for Shutter with hundreds of horror films. We're really not sponsored. I swear to God. <laughs>
0: I don't Let's know see. why,
1: but seriously though, if you're not you don't have shutter, you're fucking up, bud. Okay, pull your finger out of your ass. That's what it is. So pull your finger out of your ass. Okay, so yeah, we've got uh, seance and skull, skull
0: colon the mask. <laughs> uh, which one are you gonna start with, Taylor? Let's start with seance.
1: Camille Meadows. It's fortunate that a space has opened up for you here at Edelvine. Our climate can be quite competitive.
0: This is our table. Scram. No, I'm good here. <laughs> that light keeps flickering. That must be the ghost again.
1: Some girl supposedly killed herself in the dorms years ago. Mm. I'm not sure I believe it.
0: What if I told you there's a way we can find out? So you're gonna do a seance? Spiritus oratio
1: nostra. Opote lequantur vos.
0: I have tragic news. One of your classmates Passed away tonight. I really think we need to tell someone what's going on. What, that we conjured a ghost and now it's killing us?
1: If anything scares you, hit it in the skull. If someone dies in a bad way, the energy imprints on the surroundings. And if you're sensitive, you can pick up on it.
0: I hope you don't make me regret our decision to enroll you all right so seance is the directorial debut of simon barrett best known as the writer of films such as the guest and your next Which you know i could have sworn he directed something before but well you're wrong fuck me uh this is also written by simon barrett which I didn't think it was, but I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, Simon Barrett was, you know,
1: historically the writing partner of Adam Wingard. Wingard. But um, they've
0: kind of gone their own separate ways over the years. And, you yeah, know, Wingard's went and started making Godzilla movies. Yeah. <laughs> and Simon Barrett's like, um, Adam, <laughs> hey, buddy, remember me? You got, got, any, got anything I could do? <laughs> It's okay, I'll make low-budget movies, no big deal. <laughs> so uh, we open up on, get this, a seance. Hey. No fucking around here. Let's just get right to the point. Uh, it, we are at the Edelwein Academy for Girls. And this this group of of cool girls, all the popular girls, uh, they're holding a the seance in a bathroom, trying to summon the Adelvine ghost, which is uh, according to lore a girl that killed herself in this bathroom at 3.13 a.m. And if you say Edelwein ghost into a mirror right at 3.13, then she will appear behind you in the mirror. Spooky. So it's very, uh, you know, very Bloody Mary, very Candyman-esque. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they do the ritual, and one of the girls is like, see, nothing happened. And But then they pull back the curtain on this shower and it's full of blood. And all of a sudden this ghost rises from the blood and it turns out it's just their friend. Ha ha. Joked you. Fooled you, you stupid asshole. Pranked you. But one of the girls, Carrie, she like freaks out runs out of the room, runs back to her room and ends up jumping off the balcony and killing herself. As you do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Who kills himself by jumping off of a not
0: that high balcony? Well, and like, I don't understand why you would be like, oh no, there's a ghost. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you get to that point? Yeah. But like, I was just like, I thought something had pushed her. Well, yeah. Cause she goes in the room and she like looks back and is like, who's there or something like that. Yeah. And then, and then. Like the next thing we see is the other girls running into the room and they look out over the balcony and she's on the ground with blood up behind her head. Right. And then we get this nice, beautiful script that says seance. Right. <laughs> such this weird, <laughs> uh, weird counterbalance. Um, but yeah. I just like, I, I didn't pick up that she had committed suicide until later well, on I, the movie. I kept waiting for them to explain that she didn't actually commit suicide. Yeah. Because people say that, you know, they talk about her committing suicide. Well, first they talk about she slipped and fell. Um, right. But then people are talking about her committing suicide. And I kept waiting for this explanation that she didn't actually commit suicide. Yeah. I was like, why wouldn't you commit suicide in... A, if I were to commit suicide,
1: not saying I would or that I've ever thought about it, but if I would, or if I were to, I'd probably do something that was like for sure going to kill me. Yeah. Like, you know, not something that was just going to cause like a debilitating uh brain injury yeah or i have to live as a vegetable and wish i was dead yeah
0: (laughs) for sure that's enough talk about that Um, (laughs) sorry guys so cut to a short time later uh this new student camille uh is taking carrie's place at the academy they've opened up a spot. It's, you know, a very exclusive academy, but they've opened up a spot now because obviously they have one less student. Yeah, it must be very
1: exclusive because it appears that there's a total of like a dozen girls at the school. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you don't really see a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, they all go to the, the, same, dozen. They all go to the study, same study room. They're all in the same class. They all get detention together. They all get detention together because Camille gets in a fight with Alice, who is the, the leader of this group that we saw earlier. It was like mean girls like
1: just typical generic mean girls
0: yeah i i mean you've got um i don't remember all their stupid names alice uh bethany Yvonne, roz and lenora and yeah they're just this group of like unnecessarily mean girls yeah like and bethany (laughs) right bethany is the nerdy one who doesn't fit in right Spoiler alert, she's the killer. <laughs> Sorry, but everyone fucking saw that coming. Oh yeah. Um So, yeah, like I said this girl Camille and um, Alice gets in a fight and just punches her right in the face.
1: Yeah, and it's so weird too because like Camille is just sitting at this table. I think it's in like the lunchroom or There's something. The study room. Oh, okay. And she's just sitting there basically minding her own business and studying. Yeah. And what's her face? Alice just comes up and just immediately starts fucking. Well with her.
0: Well, first, uh I think it's Yvonne and Lenora come up and just start talking shit to her. And they're just like, hey, this is our fucking table. You need to fucking move. And then Alice comes up and is just, like at first Alice is like playing, like, oh, you know, it's fine. We'll we'll let her sit with us, but then she just knocks her glass into her lap and spills water all over her. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's funny because she does that, and Camille just stands up and like slaps her. I'm not having that shit. Yeah, but she slaps her, and then the rest of the girls grab her, and Alice just punches her in the right. face. I was like, these girls are
1: fucking organized. <laughs> this is like something. It was, I,
0: yeah, it was like mafia or, like, yeah. militia. I was thinking, the-
1: this is, like, something I'd see a bunch of mobsters doing. They,
0: like, grab her. Two girls grab her by either arm. They, like, kick her in the back of the legs so she goes down to her knees. It was all very calculated. Yeah, it was like something a bunch of goombas would do <laughs> when they're beating protection money out of somebody. Um, Yeah, so they all get detention, um, including uh, Helena, which who she was, like, Camille's... Uh, guide she was helping her get acclimated with the school and stuff um a lot of them got detention just for being in the vicinity (laughs) like there really wasn't there was no need for all of them to get detention no uh so camille is in carrie's old room obviously and she starts noticing weird things like the lights flickering she thinks she sees someone in the corner uh you know, some just some weird things. So she has the, the maintenance guy, Trevor. He comes in and fixes the light and adjusts the window and stuff. And, you know, there's a little little spark there. Right. She thinks Trevor's a little cutie. A little cutie pie. Got a cute butt.
1: Sure. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, t- she, she, doesn't doesn't she never like mentions his butt at all. <laughs> no.
0: and she doesn't talk like that, like, even remotely. <laughs> no, she has a British accent. Right. So like he's got a nice what do they they say tukus? They don't say tukus. That's that's Yiddish. Yiddish. (laughs) Uh, um, I don't know. I know they have they have to have a word for butt. Pooper. I don't think they say pooper either. (laughs) Uh, Fuck. I don't know. Boot. They call it boot. You call a trunk a boot. I don't think it's so. Common. Instead of saying "junk in the trunk," they say they got "junk in the boot." <laughs> no. they don't say that. I don't think it's <laughs> it. British slang for buttocks. Thank you for <laughs> arse. That's arse. arse. Yeah, I guess I thought that was more like Scottish. Take a look um, at his arse. <laughs> um. Yeah, that went off the rails there. Uh, where were we? As it does. Um, yeah. And so, uh, slowly, but surely all the girls kind of start getting picked off one by one. Yeah. And so of course, you know, everyone kind of thinks it's Camille. She's brand new to the school. So obviously she's the number one suspect. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of kind of supernatural things going on. Uh, they hold another seance to summon Carrie this time. Uh, (laughs) there's this, when they're doing the seance, they like Put a lipstick in the in a phone case to act as the what's that thing called? A uh, planchette. Yeah, to act as the planchette for the Ouija board. Um, although I don't have a Ouija board, it just writes things. Yeah, but it it seemed like Barrett was like really impressed with himself that he wrote that because he made a big point yeah. of pointing it out, and she was like, "Pretty cool, huh?" And I'm like, "This is stupid." <laughs> like, I feel like he could have done this with like a,
1: a marker or something. Yeah, like pretty much anything. Yeah.
0: I mean, you don't want to burn through lipstick. Stuff doesn't grow on trees. Anyway. (laughs) um, Yeah, so they hold the seance. They summon Carrie. Carrie says that Camille killed her, even though Camille wasn't at the school then. Yeah. So um, they all kind of gang up on Camille. Uh, Camille and Helena... Kind of, you know, are, are fighting back and just kind of uh, trying to convince people that they didn't do this or that she, that Camille didn't do this. And then all of a sudden, they're all just kind of like, okay, you're okay now. <laughs> they kind of just let her in uh, to try and solve this mystery of who's actually killing all these people and all these girls. Because it's just the, the girls that were involved in the original seance. Uh, and there's a lot of really predictable stuff and a lot of really cliche ghost stuff. And, uh, I'm going to spoil this. I'm sorry, but I mean, I already did. Like I said, um, Bethany is the killer, which who would have thought the nerdy one that didn't fit in with the group turns out to be the killer. Oh, weird. What a twist. Um, (laughs) but it wasn't cause like, it wasn't cause they were mean girls and they picked on her or anything. It was because she stole Carrie's, essay and then ended up winning a $250,000 scholarship for it. So now she has to kill all the girls who know that it's Carrie's essay so they don't tell on her. Yeah. What? Oh, also uh Trevor is is Bethany's secret lover in the night.
1: Yeah, and also <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one of the killers and and is
0: also a killer, yeah.
1: Which is like so fucking easy to predict because like He's, like, the guy that, like, is making puppy eyes at Camille. So naturally you suspect him. And then, like, you see that the killer, at least at some points, is a guy. You see that. He's got a fucking Adam's apple. Uh, but then, and it's like, okay, there's been a total of one male in this movie. <laughs> it's like, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> It's like, did you really need him to be the killer? At least save yourself a little bit of the, the predictability.
0: Um, yeah, and like, like everything about this movie was so predictable. Yeah, there's, there's a scene where they're in like a, um, like a theater class or something, and they're talking about Kabuki theater, and she says, you know, that oh the men, all the female parts were played by men in masks, just like the masks that you guys made. I'm like, well, okay. The killer's going to wear a mask. (laughs) (laughs) You know,
1: during that lesson, something that I caught, I mean, it's kind of innocuous, but like something I thought was so stupid. And it was, it was funny because this is shit that actually happens in school, like real school. It's like, they're doing this lesson and she's saying, you know, all these roles were played by men until a certain point. And she says, Camille, what was the first woman who played a role on stage? And she's like, I don't know. Because she's new at the school. <laughs> and she's like, it was, yo know, blah, blah, blah. This was in your reading, so you should know this. It's like, okay, first, she just got here, so she didn't have the reading. Second, if it was already in the reading, why are you teaching it again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think, I mean, she was just pointing out that Camille wasn't paying attention because she was making googly eyes at Trevor. But yeah, she she like she even says like I know it's gonna take you some time to catch up with the rest of the class. And it's like well, then why are you singling her out? Yeah, <laughs> why are you fucking breaking her balls on her first day?
1: Oh, I yeah. Mean, just side note: this is a Dark Castle film. Oh, weird. Yeah, like I thought Dark Castle went under. For those of you that are not familiar with Dark Castle, Dark Castle, uh, it was a company that started by, um, I know Robert Zemeckis and like two or three other, you know, well-known producers started this production company with the intent of remaking William Castle films. So they started with house on haunted Hill and then they did, um, Oh fuck. What was after that? 13 ghosts. That's the one. Um, and then yeah, I think those was the only two they did, uh, as far as William Castle
0: remakes. Um,
1: but yeah, I thought they went under. And then, yeah, the, the title card came up at the beginning of this. I'm like, oh, shit.
0: This is their first movie in four years. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for spoiling everything, but th- there's there's nothing to talk about without spoiling yeah. this film. Um, Camille is not Camille for whatever reason. There's this weird extra plot point where she's some. she had a fake name, and she's Carrie's friend, so she's coming to avenge Carrie's death. Right. Which I don't know why she needed a fake name to do that. Maybe. I, I, I assume so she could disappear
1: after she killed a bunch of people. Um, but it's like, I don't understand why that was important
0: to. I uh, We didn't need that reveal. Like, it was like this big reveal. Like, I'm not Camille. And it's like, I don't care. It's like, who the fuck are you then? Yeah, they never say who she actually is. <laughs> it's like, you're still Carrie's friend, right? They're They're going to find out. And then, like it was like she, she did this big, you know, James Bond moment where she said, "I'm not really Camille, and I'm Carrie's friend, and I'm here to avenge her death." And then they show her go to her room and look at pictures of her and Carrie. I'm like, couldn't you just have shown the pictures and shown that instead of said it? Yeah, like show don't tell. Right. It's a big storytelling thing that bugs me in a lot of movies. Um, yeah, and like there's another scene where one of the girls is. is practicing her ballet in a room filled with mannequins and you're just like well i already know what's gonna happen here yeah
1: and there's like i'm watching that i'm like why like i don't believe in ghosts or anything like that so i'm not easily frightened but it's like i wouldn't just hang out in that room by myself it's fucking creepy
0: well yeah especially when there's a serial killer on the loose
1: yeah it's like going to take a shower when you know the killer's in the house yeah <laughs> stupid it's like i'm gonna go you know what i just need to dance There's a killer after us, just picking us off one by one. I'm so stressed out.
0: I just gotta go dance. (laughs) I don't care about guys tonight. I just wanna dance. (laughs) Pull your fucking finger out of your ass. But like, why are you dancing in a room filled with mannequins?
1: Yeah, I don't know what that was about. (laughs) Unless were they... Well, no, because it was like ballet. I was gonna say it was like Kabuki
0: theater, but... They are doing ballet. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. And all the mannequins were wearing like dresses, like wedding dresses are almost yeah and like
1: they're so these masks that the killers are ultimately wearing and they keep popping up throughout the film are these f- masks that they made of themselves of themselves, which is just it's like paper mache yeah,' they're just creepy as shit um and yeah the killers start using those, and
0: like I don't think they're even using the masks of themselves or using no 'cause Trevor was wearing the the Asian girls' mask right. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> None of this matters. Yeah, like this oh, I'm so disappointed, man. Yeah. Um I have, like I thought Barrett was better than this. I mean,
1: like looking at his um you know his credentials. I mean, so this movie was very uh stylized. It had a very strong uh like giallo Feel to it, which you know I could appreciate that, Um, and even the plot was very uh, Jalo inspired. Um, I don't know; plot felt like sorority row to me. Yeah, the 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 plot was really underdeveloped. I think because when you get that predictable,
0: um, but you mean you know, like even like the fake out scares where it was like you know it was the girls playing pranks on Camille and stuff it was still obvious that that's what it was right like, i don't know maybe i watched too many movies but like when they were playing pranks on her i was just like yeah that's that's the other girls that's clearly not a ghost and it's not i mean yeah. i knew the whole time it wasn't a ghost but that the whole gimmick of this movie is it's it's like a slasher but they make you try and think that it's something supernatural, but at the same time, they're clearly showing you people getting like stabbed and stuff. Yeah. So it's like clearly this is not a ghost thing, right? There's That's clearly a corporeal human being <laughs> doing these things. But they also don't show anything except for the guy getting his head cut off. Yeah. Or not cut off, but depacketated. <laughs> that was the only good kill in the whole movie. Yeah.
1: Uh, everything else was very, very jalo in that it would show like a close up. Of the actual, like, cutting. Yeah. And, like, a blood splatter. That was super jello. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Simon Barrett, he, I mean, he's got, like, a lot of movies I don't even, I've never heard of. But, I mean, you know, You're, you're Next, which I think kind of really put his name out there, like, something, it became his name became familiar. Um. And then he wrote two more movies that I'm not familiar with. Then he wrote The Guest, which, you know, is... I don't know. I, th- I feel like people either like it or hate it. I like it. I don't consider it a horror movie. That's true. Um, Blair Witch, again, like people either liked it or hated it. Yeah, we both really liked that, but we were in the minority on that one, I yeah. think. Um. Temple, I'm not familiar with that I have heard of it, I, I haven't seen it um, And yeah, the, this, he wrote it in his directorial debut um, I don't know, I mean, I, I would think That somebody with so much writing experience Working with so many directors um, Who have had pretty prolific careers at this point um, Would kind of prepare him more for
0: for Directing, but this one just was kind of flat I mean I think the directing was was okay, especially for a debut um i I just think the story was bad see and that's the thing i i think I feel like I've mentioned this on the show before
1: um maybe not any time recently, but I feel like when you have a writer director um that there is less oversight on the story, and so it's very one dimensional when you have some when you have a story that's written by somebody you have a director who's interpreting it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, sometimes that comes out differently. I mean, a director is generally trying to translate what was written into a visual form. But, you know, a director has their own style and say, okay, well, I'm going to take this scene and I'm going to do it this way to where maybe, maybe the dialogue is the same, but the way the characters are playing off each other completely changes the tone of the scene. And I think that's what's important about having a writer and a director. When you have the writer and director with the same vision translating from writing to, to visual, it, it you don't get that extra spice, you know? Sure. Um, and I think maybe that's that was the case with this. I think there was a good movie in here, but this was just kind of... Uh, I don't know. It's like flat
0: soda. <laughs> I don't know. I have a hard time even finding a good movie in here. I, I think that like, I mean, going back to our conversation about the conjuring, I like, I don't know if you can make a good ghost movie anymore. I just feel like everything's been done. Everything is just a, a rip off of something else and it's all just predictable or stupid. And there's, there's no in between. <laughs> I just, I can't think of the last like ghost like, supernatural ghost movie, even though this, you know, when it boils down to it, it's not a supernatural movie, but it's played as one. I can't think of the last supernatural movie that actually, like, w- interested me and gave me any kind of chills. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, as far as, like,
1: ghost movies go, I think the last one I actually enjoyed, whether or not it gave me chills, I mean... I haven't been frightened by a movie. In-
0: yeah, I mean, I, I was trying to find a way to say that where it didn't be like the last movie that scared me because, yeah, I haven't been scared of a movie since I was a kid.
1: Yeah. Um, but I think the last ghost movie, like, I really enjoyed was probably, like,
0: 13 Ghosts. Like, I, mean, I would say Paranormal Activity was probably the last one for me. The first one only. Because then, sure. then they turned into dog shit after that. Yeah. Sure, yeah. But the biggest thing about that was... Like, I mean, when it came out, there was still the whole, is it real kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it, it was all about what you don't see. Yeah. And so many of these, you know, big budget ghost movies show you everything.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the same reason Paranormal Activity worked was the same reason Blair Witch worked, you know, what, five years before? What year did Paranormal Activity come out?
0: I want to say it's like 2004? Okay, and Blair Witch came out in ninety seven,
1: two thousand seven, Okay, so ten years before. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It was so simple because it was all, real. You know, it was real. Pe- the actors were actually filming with, you know, camcorders yeah. and you know student film equipment. And the same thing worked so well in Paranormal Activity because it bef, Paranormal Activity really spawned the whole found footage boom, boom. Um, so in, you know, in that time, there were probably some you know movies here and there that kind of tried to copy Blair Witch, sure, but it didn't really take off the way it did after Paranormal Activity. So Paranormal Activity benefited from Blair Witch in that you know you saw Blair Witch. And before the internet could, you know, pick it apart and analyze it, just like, is this real? And, you know, time goes on and you, and people start to not necessarily forget about Blair Witch, but forget how, you know, stunned and thrilled they were by it. And you get to Paranormal Activity, which kind of recaptures it. But then the, the downside of that was, it was Paramount that put it out and it, Got such, it took, it got so much attention, and you know what? Twenty fucking sequels, and so many, uh, um, you know, carbon copies of it. You know, sp- sp- sprouting up everywhere because it was so cheap to make. Yeah, um, that that whole element of, you know, is this real? Is it not? Is gone now because what was started as such a simple concept is now turned into like a major motion picture.
0: Well, yeah. When you concept, have you know, studios like, you know, Paramount or Warner brothers or something making these found footage films, it's like, okay, clearly it's not a found footage film because you have millions and billions of dollars. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they start shoving, um,
1: CGI into it. Um, and, uh, that just takes away from the effect. Cause you know, unless, Unless you've got like top tier, like amazing CGI or, you know, as minimal as possible to where it can escape the naked eye, it's going to stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah. And it's going to take away from the effect. But anyway, I think, yeah, Paranormal Activity has really taken away, I don't know how we actually got here, but. We're talking about ghost movies. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, Paranormal Activity has, I think it was probably the last true ghost movie that would like scare people like us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I just, um, I I think that to do a proper ghost movie, it's all about what you don't see and movies like the conjuring and every other James Wan movie are all about just showing you everything. Yeah. And it's not scary. And it's, I, I don't know how you make an unpredictable ghost movie but I know that all the ghost movies I've seen lately have been very predictable. Yeah. You know, I won't pretend to have all the answers. I don't, I don't, right. Know. Like I, I could criticize something without having an, a, a uh, alternative. Yeah. But.
1: but it's like, just because I don't have an answer for you, doesn't mean that you should just do the, you know, the, the shitty alternative. Just because I don't have an answer. doesn't mean I'm wrong. Right. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> so anyway, um, Yeah all in all. And then
0: I was, the other thing about this, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But, um, but like the, at the end, they are just like, all right, let's just make this convoluted as fuck. <laughs> like I say, with Camille, then not being her real identity. And then the whole thing with Bethany stealing, uh, Carrie's story. What? Like, yeah. what kind of motive was that? Oh, and then also Trevor killed the idol wise ghost he he murdered her when he was 12 years old right <laughs> yeah because
1: his his mom was the head headmistress mhm uh, so he he says early on that like he basically grew up there being babysat by the girls at the school one of which what
0: did he like was he like sweet on her or something and she shunned him and i don't remember the reason i just remember him saying he killed her with a hammer
1: maybe he's just a maniac
0: anyway yeah and then like he um posed her to look like she committed suicide right which at 12 is impressive i guess (laughs) right I that's a lot of wherewithal for a 12 year
1: old. Yeah. And he didn't even have the advantage of like all the fucking murder podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Basically telling him how to get away with a crime. <laughs> right.
0: <sighs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I was hopeful for this because I really like Simon Barrett's other movies. Um, I did when I, like, when I saw the trailer and stuff, I was like, this doesn't feel like a Simon Barrett movie. So I didn't. That's why I didn't think that he had written it. So I was a little surprised to see that he had, and then it just made me even more disappointed. Um. So yeah, I mean, overall, to boil it down, I think it's predictable, Um, but I think that the motives and the conclusion is just overly complicated. Um. And I just, and and they for being a you know. I don't want to call it a slasher cuz it doesn't feel like a slasher but it's, you know, just it's just two people killing people over and over again. Yeah. But they like I said they don't show any of it. They don't give you the good stuff. This is almost it's like a PG-13. I don't think it's rated at all but yeah. It it just felt like a kind of like I said sorority row style of that like kind of pop horror. Yeah. Yeah, um I mean,
1: I won't harp on anything i just you know my major issues with it was that it was long the cast was terrible the acting was terrible um the story was very thin and like i mean you know we've we've talked about how predictable it was so i won't go into that again but it's just super thin and really one dimensional um and it just yeah felt, i mean felt flat like it, it like like i said before i liked the fact that it was uh trying to kind of lean into this uh giallo style especially you know with with that title card um and the uh the way that the the kills were presented it was very inspired by like 70s and early 80s giallo um but i don't know the movie itself as a whole just didn't really deliver anything that i enjoyed so
0: so maybe Barrett could be a competent director, but he's he needs better material to work with. I feel like he might need to stick to writing.
1: <laughs> Cuz like I said, I, I think doing both takes a very strong talent. And not saying that he's not talented, uh just maybe he needs a little more um experience in the business. Not I mean he's been around for a while at this point, but Maybe he just needs more experience in the business before he can really um, create a strong story writing and directing without having a director to kind of put their own interpretation and spin on it.
0: Um, Or maybe people should just stop making ghost movies. Maybe that's the the moral of the story. (laughs) I mean, like I said, I don't don't know how you do it anymore because I feel like everything's been done and everything is a rip-off of a rip-off of a (laughs) rip-off and is... Everything is just predictable or stupid. Yeah. Lots of, lots of, uh, you know, attempts at jump scares in this too that, again, were just predictable and, you yeah. know, didn't catch me at all.
1: Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm becoming, <clears throat> now that, like, I have, you know, duties as, as a, as a father, like, I'm trying, I, I, it, I had to carve out time to sit down and watch these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next one was particularly difficult, um, but like watching this, it's like this is not great. I'm not enjoying this. I don't have time to just sit through this movie if it's gonna suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I like. I don't. I'm not. I want to say I'm becoming less tolerant. I just don't feel like I have the time to shit sit through a shitty movie. <laughs> um, but. Anyway, uh 3. Yeah, I'm thinking 3. All right, next up uh is a Brazilian film. Uh Shutter Exclusive came out last year, I believe. It just hit Shutter. Yeah, it just came out on Shutter. Uh it's official debut at the Chattanooga Film Festival was almost a year ago. Or was just over a year ago. Um it is Skull, colon, the mask. Begin this experiment.
0: Se for de fato um artefato arqueológico. Você disse que eles chamaram isso de quê? É. Anhangá. Eu gostaria de agradecer, em primeiro lugar, à polícia. Em especial, à investigadora Beatriz Otiaz. Por seus incansáveis serviços prestados a fim de garantir que criminosos não escapem impunemente ao cometerem atrocidades. Contra a nossa população e também contra a cultura!
1: Tá, seu pai trouxe a Yangá ao nosso plano.
0: É uma máscara,
1: não é o diabo.
0: Vem cá, vem. Repite e poranta. Requito é Chara,
1: Ajoelhe esse demônio perante a ira de Deus.
0: aceitar a nossa proposta não vai?
1: right now like i said this is a a brazilian film and so it is in portuguese um while i was watching this i was like i I googled why does portuguese sound so weird (laughs) (laughs) and apparently like you know where um all the other uh latin-based languages german uh italian french english um because these countries that spoke them were so surrounded were, – were surrounded by other countries that either spoke them or spoke different languages, the language as a whole started to evolve and change into something. But because they were all close together, they all have like similar aesthetics to them. Whereas Portuguese, you know, out in Portugal, out in the middle of the ocean <laughs> – like hanging off the the dick of Spain, um, Portuguese probably Portuguese people probably don't want to hear that, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, not landlocked but almost completely sea locked. Uh, it basically the the language, you know, it came in and uh, was it um, pre pre proto proto Roman fuck, I forget the term, but basically like the most ancient version of the Latin languages, because there was no interaction with a lot of other countries, it pretty much stayed the same. And whereas these all other languages kind of all evolved together, that Portuguese language more or less stayed the same. And when it did evolve, it evolved independently of everything else. Hmm. And so that's why... Well, at, the, at its core, it sounds very similar to other languages. But when you compare other languages to each other and then you compare Portuguese, it's very different. So there's a little um, linguistics link, uh, lesson for you guys. <clears throat> um, anyway, so yeah, Skull, uh, the mask, or in its original Portuguese, Skull, a mascara de ahanga. ananga. 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 I, they pronounce it in a very strange way that I couldn't make my mouth say <laughs> um but uh, I feel like they should have translated that name skull colon the mask of a hunger,
0: yeah, I don't know why they they dropped Because that's the, the name of this like uh uh demon no not really so, is it a demon so uh, yeah okay, so let me let me jump into things. It's the name of a <laughs> of a thing like it's 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 a name. <laughs> So it's let, part of the story.
1: <laughs> let me preface this by saying that this uh, is entirely subtitled. I know, totally out of character for me. Uh, it's in Portuguese, so it makes it like... If a movie is in Spanish, I could probably like kind of listen to it and not have to pay attention to the subtitles 100% and still kind of get the gist. But because I don't understand a word of Portuguese, <laughs> um, like I had to try and maintain a, a view of the subtitles at all times. But I had my son in my arms or on my chest and, uh, you know, trying to watch a subtitled movie while that's going on is just very difficult. So now let me get into this. Um, So this takes place in Sao Paulo um, in Brazil. Um, Actually, it it doesn't start in Sao Paulo, does it? I believe it does. Okay, well, it's, it opens up and there's like a, a, like a construction um, site. And in this site, they have dug up some kind of relic. Um, we don't get a good look at it right off the bat, but um, it's some kind of relic. And you have to forgive me if I'm not using everybody's names because, again, trying to catch all these in subtitles where I had other things going on was a challenge. If you can fill in the blanks, by all means. Um, so they discover this relic um, where a, I think it's a scientist that's on this site uh, is looking at it. She's like, well, this is pre-Columbian, um, and it is some kind of relic depicting some kind of demon. Does she get that in depth? Like, I well, even before that, there's like the flashback scene. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, so yeah, it does open up in 1940s. Um, was it Argentina? I think so. Must have been because there were Nazis involved. Um, Fucking Nazi! <laughs> uh, in this Nazi base, you've got two uh, two Gestapo men uh, walking down this corridor, um, holding a box just uh, the contents are unknown until they uh, get outside. Man, there's too much going on in the scene. Okay. So we got what appears to be some kind of spy who's broken into this Nazi base. Uh, He's there to take whatever's in that box.
0: I, I have to mention this, but like as he's getting into the base, he's like fighting these people outside and dude is just doing wrestling moves. He does like an arm ringer into a flip, and he like rock bottoms somebody. And then later on in the movie, somebody does a, a stunner. Um, so, I mean, kind of jumping ahead, but the, the guy who plays Skull is a Brazilian independent wrestler. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. He's a big guy. He chokeslams a couple people. He power bombs somebody through a table. <laughs> like, I texted Max, and I was like, yo, Skull the Mask has a lot of wrestling moves in it. <laughs> and he's like, is the guy a worker? So I Googled it and there's like a picture of him on Facebook holding the title belt. I'm like, I guess he is. (laughs) Nice. Uh,
1: Yeah. For the wrestling fans at home, it is something. Rurik Jr.
0: But he's not even the guy, like the guy who does the Stone Cold Stunner is somebody else. This guy at the beginning doing the rock bottom is somebody else. Yeah. I'm like, they must have had some kind of wrestling coordinator or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the the director or something
0: must have been a wrestling fan because there was a lot of that. He must have had Chavo Guerrero on set. (laughs) Um, Because he was Glow's wrestling coordinator. uh, Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Okay, so... Yeah, so he breaks into this base and he steals whatever's in this box. um, And along the way, he uh, cuts off the hand of this other guy who's there presumably be presumably to also steal the box
0: yeah they work for
1: different organizations I guess um and he had a giant femur <laughs> yeah yep uh so yeah this guy who was doing all the wrestling moves takes off with the box and he was wearing a sweet mask yeah it was like like a a metal mask and it looked like it was like covered in like chain mail. Yeah, like chain mail across the mouth. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, yeah, so he goes out into the woods somewhere where we've got like this ritual setting set up uh, and he passes the box along to these scientists and he like, just based, the way of, based on the way people are dressed, you can tell they are also Nazis. So they must be two different factions of Nazis, I guess. It all feels very Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, super Indiana Jones, um, but like, like a sweeted version, <laughs> <laughs> like a Portuguese Indiana Jones, <laughs> <It's> Portugal Jones. <laughs> um, and so yeah, they they take they open up the box, and inside is this mask that is shaped like a skull with like spikes on the side of it. So it's like a brownish area with points. <laughs> <laughs> um. They begin this ritual speaking this incantation, um, something about intestines and earth and whatever.
0: Um, and mountain dew. <laughs> right? Or morning dew. I guess it was morning dew, not mountain it, dew. It was dried dew. It's like dried dew like, do? <laughs> yep. Um, and they put blood on it, blood and guts. They just poured a bucket of blood and guts on it. Right. Um, the
1: mask starts to like. Entrance this guy and then what, does it jump onto him or something. I thought he just put it on. Okay, so yeah, he puts on the mask and he goes crazy, and that's pretty much the end of that. His
0: head fucking explodes. Oh, you're right, <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, his
1: head explodes, you know, as you do when you put on a mask. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, we jump forward to present day, yeah, um, and uh. Yeah, so now we're on this, like, I don't know if it was, like, a construction site or if it was, like, an excavation, but they discover this mask, they dig it up, and this scientist or um, archaeologist, whoever she is, on site, calls into her boss, uh, tack uh, welder, tack weld, get it? Yeah. yeah. You got it. <laughs> you got it. Um calls into him and says we found this thing um it's it's pretty sweet you should check it out <laughs> it's, it's pretty sweet um and uh so she packs it up and flies home to brazil i, I guess she must have still been in argentina because yeah, i guess to so. fly home. yeah yeah um so she flies back to sao paulo um and uh yeah, we we kind of get a glimpse at this tack welder. He's he's a um, executive at S- I, f- I forget the company's name, but it's like a Chinese conglomerate. S two, huh? S two. S two. That's what the, the logo was. S two. Oh, wasn't it like
0: Shin... Oh, I don't I don't recall. I don't know. It was, it was Chinese. I can't I can't remember what the name was. I was just, like I spent most of the movie trying to figure out if it said S two or fifty two. <laughs>
1: Um. Anyway, yeah, he's he's an executive of this Chinese conglomerate who has some kind of, you know, presence in our in uh, Brazil. Uh, he's you know a, your typical fucking Indiana Jones slash Bond villain. Um, just very,
0: like he looks like a like a younger, taller, slimier Jeffrey Combs. Sure. Yep.
1: <laughs> and you know he's just a fucker. Like he's like one of those
0: greasy stuff. guys. <laughs>
1: He's like, are you enjoying your shimp? Um, and, uh, you know, elsewhere we've got, um, actually, okay. So, so this scientist, whoever she is, she brings this mask home with her to, to her girlfriend who is like half her age and like, like some kind of like punk goth person, Mm -hmm. um, she's like, oh, babe, I found this thing. It's really cool. She's like, oh, show me. She's like, no, I can't. No. <laughs> I, can't I can't show you. And it's like locked up in this wooden box. Um, and uh, she goes up to bed. Galvani? Was that her name? I think that was her name. Galvani. Sure, let's go with that. Uh, and while she's in bed, her girlfriend, like, I thought this was her daughter until she fucking made out with her mouth um, fucked her. And... Uh, yeah, so while she's up in bed, her girlfriend starts digging through her keys and trying to open up this box. Eventually finds the right key and sees this mask. Um, and if, Did we get the backstory on this already? Did they talk about it at this site, whatever it was? I don't remember. So th- this mask is the mask of uh, Ananga, um, who is... Let's see, I had to take notes on this uh is a disciple of Taha um who is a pre-columbian deity uh like slash demon um and we kind of get later on a little bit of history lesson about who Taha is is some kind of like devil type per, or devil type entity that was created by the um the natives the uh, South American natives um, to scare away the jesuits when they came to pillage and rape and take over the lands, um, you know, as they do. Uh, so they, um, yeah. So in th- this mask is supposed to be uh, like um, uh, an image of this Ananga, who's like a like a, 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 a tough guy, <laughs> <laughs> like he, he, he's a, a, a Knee breaker for for Taha. He's a goon. Yeah, yeah he's a goon. Um. So she opens up the box and she, I don't know how she had this incantation ready to go. Dude, but, I was wondering that too. But she, like, is there a note in there or something? Do not say this. Yeah. <laughs> but she she had it ready to go, and like it seemed like she had it committed to memory. So, she I she like know. lighted all these lighted
0: lit all these candles.
1: Um. And she starts doing this, the same incantation that they did in this uh, flashback for, from the 40s. Um, and it like nothing really happens. But then she falls into this like sunken dream place. Dream world. Yeah. Um, where she's like just sitting in this sea of blood. And she comes blood up. Blood ocean. <laughs> she comes up to the surface and this finger this bony finger pokes out from her chest and just like slashes an uh, an opening into her chest and then her heart gets pulled out and then this is happening in real in the real world uh like and, a nightmare on elm street yeah and her girlfriend comes down sees this and she's also killed which i totally missed but apparently she's dead too
0: <laughs> oh you missed that part I guess. Where like the camera was acting like the mask that was like running around at like her ankle level. <laughs> yeah, I guess I totally missed it. Oh my that. god, it was the stupidest thing. <laughs> it was like, you know, like in like sitcoms when there's a mouse or something and they like, you know, put the camera down low and they like run it around yeah, like yeah. it was that and it like jumped at her. Oh, and I was like, wait, so the mask is just running around? I don't... <laughs> um so the,
1: the next morning uh, there's, you know, it, it's funny in movies and TV shows that like the cops are always there the next morning. It's like they've always managed to figure out that there's been a murder the next morning, but they can never get there before it
0: happens <laughs> so or I'm, or immediately after. Right.
1: Um, but yeah, there's this investigation going and on the scene, like there's is, been a murder. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sleeping.
0: I'm uh, off for the day.
1: <laughs> uh, on the scene is uh detective Beatrice, uh, I can't remember how they pronounce this, but it's Obedius. Obdius. Obdius. And Beatrice. (laughs) Uh, She has some kind of contention in the city for being involved in this investigation that went sideways. uh, And she was ultimately fired, but then rehired because she, like they're her. Her charges were dismissed or something. Yeah. She, she made a plea, plea bargain basically. Right. Um, so she's back on the force and, uh, she's, cause you know, cops. Sure. And you know, it's Brazil. Weird things happen there.
0: Well, I mean, that shit happens here.
1: <laughs> sure. But I, from my understanding, Brazil is quite corrupt. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's investigating this, and uh tack welder shows up and says, uh, you know, I, I'd love to talk to you about what's going on here. Um, maybe you'd like to come work for me, even though you're a cop. Um, elsewhere in the house, these two crime scene guys, you know, in their bunny suits, taking pictures and stuff, just happen across this mask. Somehow the police managed to completely
0: uh, miss this mask just sitting there. Well, um, it wasn't sitting there. It was somewhere else, and it, it did the scamper thing again. <laughs> like, oh, scampered and, like, okay. jumped up on the table. See,
1: like, these are the little details I think I was missing throughout the movie. Because I, like, I had to keep backing this up. It took me probably uh, two and a half hours to get through this movie. Goddamn. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, okay, so yeah, the, now the mask is sitting on this uh, ottoman. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, whatever it was. Um, and these two guys are, hey, look at this thing. Look at that little guy. Oh, that little guy? Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> worry about that little guy. Then the spikes on this mask sprout, kind of like uh, the thing, mm-hmm. uh, into these big ass fucking spider leg things. And it rips open the first guy's chest. Yeah. It takes his heart. And then it jumps onto the head of the second guy, where this guy basically becomes the embodiment of Anhanga. Yes. Um, And he starts, you know, burninating the village. (laughs) Burninating all the people. (laughs) Uh, But no, I mean, like, he basically just starts stomping around the town, killing people. Stomping through the forest (laughs) like a retarded Tyrannosaurus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just, I mean, he doesn't seem to really have any specific purpose. He's just going around, like, eviscerating people. Particularly, like, Stealing their hearts and spilling their intestines. I think he's sacrificing them. Okay, but yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense because every time he kills somebody, this little little thing fills up with blood.
0: Yeah, they, don't they, know exactly I don't what, know what that, that was. They kept showing it, and I'm like, where? What is this? Where is this? Yeah,
1: but and then we see what I presume was Taha, um, which looked like uh, a cheap Halloween decoration. Um. And just like like in this universe, this just like open space, with like bright colors and stars and shit just floating around on this throne. And it's just like a skeleton with this like Incan headdress on it with red cones for eyes for some reason. Um, and yeah, I, I, I presume that, yeah, making sacrifices to reincarnate Taha. I guess. Sure. It's never very clear. You just have to kind of infer that. Um, and then, on so on the side, we have M- Manco, who is the son of the man with the femur in the beginning. Yeah. Who was in some kind of like church facilitated group or cult that was like basically tasked with protecting the world from Taha and amhanga Yeah. It was um, some kind of like
0: clandestine spy group or something. Yeah, But yeah, like sanctioned by the church. Yeah. And he carries around this mummified
1: hand, which is the hand of his father, which was cut off by this other guy who was, who stole the box at the beginning. Um, why he kept his hand and, preserved it i don't know well they
0: kept like focusing on it too like he would wear it around his neck and stuff and i'm like does this give him some kind of power or something like a like, monkey's paw or something yeah i mean it was like this there was one of the fingers was down so well the fingers would move
1: depending on what was going on but i couldn't infer exactly what that meant yeah uh except when it went like this then i assumed it was pointing at something <laughs> Stamps to reason that <laughs> checks out um <laughs> And, yeah, and so he feels that it's his responsibility to kind of pick up where his father left off because now he knows that Anhanga is, is reborn and he's trying to bring back Taha. Um, so he goes to his friend, who appears to be like an old war buddy, who yeah. is now the father or, you know, the priest at the local church, um, who's, who now protects the femur of Taha, uh, which is this ancient holy weapon used to defeat Ananga? I presume.
0: That was the impression I got.
1: Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, there's a lot going on. There's like three different storylines that all kind of come together somewhat at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little, like, I don't know if it was me just having a hard time keeping up with it. Or if it was really just disjointed, there as fuck. there
0: was a, a lot going on. Okay, that made it kind of confusing.
1: I mean, by far and away, the most entertaining and interesting parts to watch were the parts with Ananga. Uh, it's just this big guy with this fucking skull for a head, uh, going
0: around slaughtering people. Yeah, I mean, like there's there's all these like weird you know intersecting storylines and backstories and lore and and stuff like that going on, <clears throat> but in the middle of it is basically a Friday the 13th. Just this big hulking guy slashing people in a mask. Uh, He's got this like jagged ass machete blade thing. Yeah. But he also has tentacles that come out of his arm. And so he can like throw this thing and the tentacles will grab it and bring it back. Yeah. Like fucking scorpion. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like he has, it starts out, he just picks up this
1: machete from someone. I can't remember who. But it's not like a typical machete, like with you know the big pointed end, like Jason would carry. It's one that you see very predominantly with farmers and stuff in like South America. It's got a flat top but two sharp edges, and, and towards the end of the movie, it gets fashioned into like this. Like um, I'm going to screw up the name Maquito. Ma- 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 I don't know what that is. It's the those swords the Aztecs use with the head. It's like a pillar of wood with rocks with sharpened rocks oh okay yeah yeah i can picture the word in my head but i can't make my mouth say (laughs) (laughs) um anyway it kind of resembled one of those by the end yeah just like carved out chunks yeah um how that made it a more effective weapon i don't really know but just lots (laughs) of points i suppose edges yeah he just just goes around and starts just fucking killing people. Like he Ripping goes in, out their hearts. He yeah, goes into a fucking dance club and kills the DJ and then just kills some random bitch in yep. the back. And
0: yeah, and that, like, I mean, so as we know from Freddy versus Jason, don't go to a rave when there's a serial killer on loose. Nah. You're going to get clapped up. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I mean, it all kind Killed of. Killed those people fucking in the car? Oh, right.
1: Yeah, it's uh, some titties. Some big titties. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, as brief as it was, you know, I
1: appreciates that.
0: And As he was pulling the, the girl out the window, because he like smashed the window of the car and he's pulling the girl out the window, I swear the guy was still like, ah. <laughs> That's what it looked like. And like
1: as he's killing her, like cutting open her chest and taking her heart out, it looked like he was still going, oh, oh like ah.
0: People who can't see us, like he was still like thrusting. Yeah. He's like, wait, I'm not done. It's like, is he stuck
1: or something? <laughs> is she like? Or is he just really close? <laughs> well, it's like, is she convulsing so hard from having her heart cut out that she's got like, like these like mega Kegels going on, <laughs> just like squeak? Because you could like women can do that if they if they do Kegels enough, they can get
0: those muscles tight enough to where they can hold you in. I mean, I think we've all heard the song She Broke My Dick by All. Nope. No? I'm pretty sure the only words are she broke my dick, she goddamn broke my dick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so this all comes together at the end.
1: You know, everybody has a fucking ha- happy day. Um, and that's that's kind of it. I mean, there's not there's not a lot of substance to this.
0: There's not, the plot is not, much to write home about um i will say at one point ananga gets in a sword fight with someone you would not expect who pulls a sword out of somewhere that you would not expect right (laughs) i was like that's crazy and awesome (laughs) and hilarious
1: (laughs) oh okay here we go in the year 1944 an an artifact is used in a military experiment the artifact is the mask of ananga the executioner of tawanesupe which Taha
0: Yeah, as a um, nickname. <laughs>
1: that's what his friends call. Uh, a pre cumbling god. The experience exper- experiment. I assume that meant fails. Nowadays, the now was this translated? It's terrible. <laughs> Nowadays, the mask arrives at Sao Paulo. This has to be translated. The mask possesses a body and starts to commit visceral sacrifices on the vengeance for incarnation of its god, initiating a bloodbath. The, poli- the policewoman Beatrice Obidas or Abdias, uh is in charge of the crimes. Challenging her beliefs, I, what, <laughs> this has what? to be translated. Oh yeah, at what, at what point does her are her beliefs challenged? She didn't s- strike me as a religious person. At, at no, uh, a true mystical slasher film in the city of Sao Paulo. Um, anyway, so yeah, it's this is not even a, a great
0: slasher film. But, you know, a strong effort. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of blood and guts, to be sure.
1: Yeah. And at the end of the movie, when everything seems like it's all resolved, there's like, there are more of these masks around the world. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Well, you let me know when the sequel comes out. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I, honestly, I, I have to start wrapping this up so i'm not gonna get into a long retrospective it's it's okay i mean i know i've said multiple times before i don't do well with subtitles especially when i'm distracted with a baby um so in hindsight this is probably not the best film to watch told taylor earlier we're putting a moratorium on subtitled movies until i can give my full attention to one um so don't expect to see any non-dubbed foreign films anytime soon on this show um but it's fine i mean it's it's a it's a really cheesy semi-low
0: budget slasher movie and it is what it is yeah i mean the the, (laughs) i mean you know as for me the the slasher parts were all done really well yeah um but i do think the story was a little too convoluted a little too much going on yeah, I feel like they tried to set up all these plot points that were going to be, like, really impactful, and it's just like, but what's the point of any of this? Yeah, like, I, I had to keep reminding myself, like, what now, who's uh, Ananga, and who's Taha, and, yeah. and how is this guy
1: related to that guy? And It's like, you think at some point that uh, the uh, detective and this Manko guy, at some point they're going to, like, team up and, you know, take down Ananga together. And they never do. So it's like, why do we need
0: both of them? Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got the, Beatrice is like, you know, she's a crooked cop and you've got this whole backstory of her. Um, and then you've got this, uh, this tack guy who is, you know, he's got ulterior motives and there's just so much going on. Yeah. And it's like, why can't we just stick to the, the basic script of chopping people up? Yeah. And then the whole thing with the, the, alternate dimension or whatever the fuck that was. I still don't know what that was <laughs> I don't know or what the purpose of it was
1: it's I think they weird dairy.
0: yeah this this could have been streamlined into a much more kind of a cohesive coherent story and and just you know stick with the slashing
1: yeah I mean you don't need this fucking cop drama or this religious you know backstory. It's like, if you want to make a slasher film, fucking lean into the slasher film. Yeah, like you said, they should have had Beatrice or Manko. Yeah. They didn't need both. Or have them team up, which they never did. Yeah. So, it's pointless. If you wanted Beatrice to be some kind of villain, you should have made her be a villain instead of this character that kind of never really picked one side or the other. Because, uh, like, sometimes you think, like, oh, she's going like, to, like, suddenly be noble and, you know, do the right thing. But it's like she doesn't. So why does she kind of does? I mean, sort of. Um. But yeah. Anyway, so um. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's definitely not uh, as good as it could have been. Um. This is something that probably could have stood to have a few more drafts of the script. Um, but for, for what it's worth, um, it was fine. Um, I'd be able to five.
0: Like, I don't know if like Ananga and Taha, I don't know if they're real things in Portuguese lore. I don't know if, you know, Portuguese people would kind of understand this story a little better. Apparently Ananga is a real,
1: um, spirit deity. or deity but not it does not appear to be anything really like this to what it was in the movie
0: <laughs> interesting um so yeah i mean basically my point was just, i don't i don't know if people who are familiar with portuguese lore and and um you know mythology would get this better and not need as much explanation as we clearly do um but yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that this could have been streamlined a little better and a oh, lot see. of the confusion would have. So there was an ancient, like,
1: pre-Columbian, you know, uh, pre-Columbian uh, deity or spirit known as ananga, anga. But then when the Jesuits came, they did basically the same thing they did to, like, pagans. And just made like demonized it. Hail Shaitan. <laughs> uh, yeah, they used the word Ananga to refer to the Christian demon. On this account, the on this this on account of Ananga, which means old soul, is similar to the term Ananguera, which means old devil. Meanwhile, the indigenous, in indigenous mythology, the one who most resembles the Christian devil, is Juropari, the evil spirit. So, it looks like Arhanga was just demonized by Christians, which, you know, they're popular for doing.
0: Sure, yeah. <clears throat> um, but, I mean, the gore and stuff is good. So, if, if you're watching just for that, I'd say it's a, it's a, it's a net win. Yeah, I mean, and it's on fucking Shudder. If you have Shudder, you're not paying anything extra yeah. for it. It's just it's just hard to kind of keep up with the story, is all. Yeah. Especially like. I mean, make sure
1: you, you are able to read the subtitles because you will get lost because yeah. there's a lot of shit going on. And even the subtitles, I feel like the, the translation wasn't great. Yeah. Like
0: there were points. They also just kind of dropped out at points. Like there was definitely parts. I, I think. I, at least one part, somebody was repeating themselves. So maybe they didn't feel the need to put the subtitles up again, but I can think of a couple times when there was just no subtitles. And I was like, what did that guy just say? <laughs> yeah. I, I think I saw, I'm um, recognized a couple of those
1: spots. I just didn't think it was all that of all that importance. I mean, be
0: better not. Have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a six. Fair enough. I love that there were practical effects too.
1: Yes. Yeah. That was definitely a plus practical effects. For the most part, I mean, the CGI stands out because it's not great CGI, (laughs) (laughs) anyway. All right, so uh, yeah, that's gonna wrap it up for episode 180, guys. Uh, it was fun, glad to be back. Hopefully, we can continue the trend,
0: yeah, get back on schedule.
1: Yeah, I mean, like to be you know, fully transparent, there may be times when I'm just not able to. To break away from the house to record, uh, that that may happen from time to time. I'm going to try and avoid it as much as possible, but um, let's just plan to keep a schedule and see how things go. All right, guys. Uh, so we'll be back in a couple weeks, presumably, um, with a brand spanking new
0: episode. Taylor, what are we going to be watching? We're going to be watching Fun House, starring our friend Gigi Saul Guerrero. Uh, As well as stay out of the fucking attic. Fucking attic. Which Tony admits he picked almost entirely because of the name. Yeah. It's (laughs) hilarious. All
1: right, guys. So until we meet again. Oh,
0: Taylor. In the meantime, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com. As well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. As long as that place is not Spotify. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore plot. And of course, patreon.com slash Grave Podcast for some exclusive content, including joining us live for horror business each and every episode. Yeah, buddy.
1: Sorry, I'm a little rusty. <laughs> okay, guys. So now, until we meet again. On the next episode, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside.